Hello and welcome back to the Hypocritic Podcast. My name is Nick and I am joined today, Trent and Steven in the booth. We've got a big banger of a movie as always, but before we get into that, again, this is the Hypocritic Podcast. We are not real critics, we just pretend to be. And uh, we're going to be throwing out some uh, very hot takes, some spoilers, some trivia. You're going to learn a lot about the movies. And uh, you're going to hear us disagree on a lot of stuff, but it's going to be awesome. And uh, that's the premise of the podcast. If you could, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you catch us. And uh, check out our Instagram at hypocritic underscore podcast. And boys, with that... This week we have Fargo. Hey there, Fargo. yeah we do. Hey Fargo. there, Fargo. Fargo, a big 1996 crime comedy, aka a comedy. And a uh, boys, I'm excited to get into this one. Let's get in the meat and peas of this one. Let's hop I'm in. Ready. Let's hop. We're back, Hypocritic Podcast. Before we jump into this movie, I want to hear about my boys and how my boys' weeks are going. Steven. Let me kick it off because I have the least interesting things going on. Not not mm. much. I've not even been playing golf the not last couple true. weeks. I took what a break doing? from golf. What are you doing? Took a break from golf. Been doing a little bit of practicing, but um, not too much. Not too much. May I ask the Is that all you may got for I us? ask the break why the break in golf? Has it been a frustration thing or just like time or money? Uh, no, last week um, there was just a scheduling issue. I wasn't even able to make it. And then this week it was the same kind of thing. And I was um, I was even thinking about maybe doing some like weekday after work nine. I, there's a stigma I have against doing nine hole golf courses. But then I look at you, Nick, and you can get like probably 36 holes in a week extra if you really wanted to. Just doing like oh, a little nine sure. hole after work if you want, you know, a quick yeah. couple hours. Yeah. You don't have to like dedicate like, you know, a big, ch- a bigger chunk of time. That's already, that is a big chunk yeah. of time, two hours, but. Yeah. You can play those par three courses in like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours on like a weeknight. Um, but it is a challenge. I, you know, even before this daylight savings thing, I had to leave work at like four to make like a four 50 like 455 was probably the latest you could start to play a full size nine um which i was doing mm-hmm. a decent amount of like during the week i have kind of like a, hor- a home course that i want to take you guys to it's kind of becoming my home course um this place called highland hills up here shout out but um yeah we'll, we'll have to play that when you guys come in for the bachelor party oh yeah i know that yeah, would be so much a nice par three course by me if I we just could, don't, so it's not easy it to in. make a quick. Trent, you don't have any part three courses. Yeah, what, what, are you no, you think, I don't. You think a, a beach, a beach area like you're at would be like a golf mecca? That's kind of surprising. I guess I have kind of gotten spoiled that there's so many um, courses within like 25 you know minutes of where I live. I have a lot of courses by me, but I just don't have par three courses, which I would love to just have a nice, easy, cheap par three course, par yeah, cheesy, it's like ten or twelve bucks. That it would just be easy to like. You know, practice some short game on. Yeah, something quick. I and will easy say, that. though, that I do, and I think playing those longer courses is going to make you a better player in the long run. And that's because you're forced to hit those long first shots, tee shots, you know, driver shots, and a long second shot. And those are where the most 
penalties can occur, at least for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So I feel. Yeah. And I feel like I would maybe just play a par three course just specifically to be brushing up on my short game if I can feel my short game lacking, which I feel like my short game can always be better. So it's always good to practice it. But I feel like using those long clubs in the long run is better because those are the courses, the 72. If you're playing a tournament, I I do it like I'm playing a tournament because that's what I would like to do in the future is play, you know, compete in tournaments and like scramble tournaments or even just solo Mm -hmm. tournaments. But you got to play... You know how it's going to be in a tournament. It's going to be a full. It's going to be a full course. It's going to be all those long shots, and sometimes yeah, you can yeah. get spoiled with the par threes. Right. Well, it, it goes both ways, and we can move off golf in a minute. But um, it's like you need both because there's been multiple times where I've hit like a a really good bomb drive, like right down the middle, and then I have like a perfect like view of the whole a one position. It's like a hundred yard wedge shot, and then I just fuck up my wedge shot. And then vice mm. vice versa, my like wedges can be really good, but then my like you said, Stephen, the the longer clubs are just like struggling. So you kind of need both, but that's why the par threes are great. Is like you get really good in that like seventy five to like one fifty um, range, and that that's like huge. I, I feel like that's helped my game a lot, and like cut down my scores getting good inside that area. And I realized for me, the best I ever shot was that six that round that I shot sixty eight on that par three course. But I had been playing those par three courses for so long. Like I wasn't playing any long courses. This was right when I was first starting out heavy. And I realized I shot that because I was just so dialed into my short game. My short game was just so dialed in. Then I went to long game and I realized how out of whack my long game was. And that's all I focused on was my long game. Then my short game went out mm-hmm. of whack. So it's, yeah. it's just like that yin and yang and just trying to get that balance, which is so difficult in that game. Yeah. Oh yeah. What have you been up to, Trent? Um, I went to Maryland. I don't think I've seen you guys since I went up to see my mom in Maryland and I went to my uh I think I've told you guys that my grandfather built a log cabin. Yeah. Did I tell you guys that? Yeah. Yeah. It's in Pennsylvania. And um it's kinda it's kinda interesting. Like I, I wanna like kind of fix it up a little more and and I, I don't know I knew this. Like, I didn't know I knew this. Where in Pennsylvania is it? Like on some yeah. land? Is yeah, this, no, it's is on your some grandfather that's some like, hunt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit above the western part of Maryland, but it's in Pennsylvania, and um, it's kind of a cool little spot that I I want to I want to start like you know fixing up a little, like getting like a cool little uh, wood fire you know outside thing for and have some boys come out like ryan's pretty close to there so i want to nice. like take him out there and maybe if you guys were ever in the north that'd be really cool yeah how far um, away is that from kinda... you oh it's far because i'm in charleston no i know because i don't even i forget exactly where geographically pennsylvania is <laughs> is it mid it's far mid, it's mid- above mid- maryland above maryland just think of where new york is pretty much over there oh yeah northeast okay that's right yeah, yeah. So it's way up north. So that's what I've been up to. I kind of went out and saw that. I'm going back in December. I'm probably going to stay the night at this log cabin again. Nice. Um, but that's, that's what sick. I've been up to. Not much else. I have been doing a little practice, some golfing. But uh, mm-hmm. what about you, Nick? What's up with you? Uh, not a whole lot. I just got back from like a Friendsgiving thing up near Breckenridge, ironically. Uh, this town, it's oh, actually... Nice. Uh, it's it's called Fair Play, but it's also basically the same city as South Park, where they came up with the show South Park. So there's um, oh, I love that show. That's cool. There's references everywhere. Yeah, there's like pictures of Cartman on the side of like buildings and stuff, and 
we funny. we got a cabin outside of there and it actually was one of the first like kind of snowy weekends up in the mountains um so i mm-hmm. i drove up friday early after work because i knew it was going to snow or thursday actually drew drove up in a snowstorm um got to this house uh super dope house like so like shining vibes like out in the middle of like snowy like yeah. wilderness nothing out there just so quiet um hot tub all this stuff there was an arcade in the basement of this airbnb with like a oh, nice. um shuffleboard pool air hockey and then they had a uh a poker table and then a old arcade machine with like all these games dude and i was going ham on golden uh golden tea they had three different oh um, i thought you were at a bar yes for some i saw, I saw that. No, dude, I this was in the house in this is in the house i was like dude, staying cool. up late um we, i worked there remote friday in the house and then um golden tea and then was there saturday left sunday but as it was, it was about 20 of us up there in this airbnb but yeah we were watching the Georgia game, watching Georgia kick that Tennessee ass and playing some golden tea right. and getting in the hot tub. And, oh, it was great. Watching uh, dude, being in, being in a hot tub when it's snowing and you're just chilling with like a good drink in your hand, there's nothing better. Oh, yeah. There's nothing fucking better. I know. Nothing and better. then when it's cold outside, when it's freezing outside, that's when a hot tub is perfect. Yeah. I would have put that poker dude, table I was just, used too. Oh, we did. I, I fucking ran the table and I won the poker round that night. Um, oh, with, nice. with, uh, with the four pair of jacks. I remember the hand. But um, oh, right on, my boy. Dude, right it was on. it was so That's sick. Like hand. so sick. Like working Nikki Vegas over here. Working there with these big windows and there's like snows coming down and I'm like having my coffee and like relaxing. Like jazz music is on or whatever. And um, yeah, I love the winter. Even though I'm bummed about not being Same. able to golf as much, but. Anyways, should we? Hey guys, hey boy, hop into this segue here. Should Is we this... fire up the segue? Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's fire up the seg. All right, we're back for some stats and facts. So Minnesota car salesman Jerry Lundegaard's inept crime falls apart due to his and his henchmen's bungling and the persistent police work <laughs> of the quite pregnant Marge Gunderson. Bargling? Marge Gunderson. Bungling. You know what's what the funny? fuck is bungling? Do you know what bungling is? Is that like I love when I read um, these I love when I read these descriptions up. before probably I even something know. that's like messing up, like a bumbling Force I'm like a, I'm like uh, I got it right here. The action I'm like Will Ferrell reading off the teleprompter. <laughs> the Go ahead, the action or fact of carrying out a task clumsily or incompetently. Yeah. Is it bungling or boongling? You know, it's funny. I want to say bangling. something real quick. Um, bangling. It's bungling. Go ahead, Stephen. You guys know I'm getting my uh, dealer's license, and so is it bangling? I was like, just I recently. <laughs> Just like two nights ago, like, you know, we've had this planned out. We were going to do this movie two nights ago. For some reason, I just like looked up car salesman movies and like, it's like all these that pop up and then I see Fargo pop up and then I look and I'm like, there's no, this isn't a same movie. movie. And then I click (laughs) in it and it's like this body and stuff. And I'm like, oh, there's like someone that just must be a car salesman and I'm sure they're going to make him look horrible. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. (laughs) 
But how can he be so horrible when he's just like so nice and friendly? You know, it's, it's no, funny. Dude. No, but you know what's funny? Horrible. He you know what's funny? He's such an asshole in this movie. Have you guys ever seen Shameless? Yes. I forgot uh, he's in yes, that. He plays, yes, you're right. He plays Frank. He plays Frank Gallagher in Shameless. You, and you guys Steven. know I have my thing oh, where right, everyone right, is in right, an right. endless movie. Yes. This right. was Frank Gallagher early in the day when he was younger and like scamming, but like more on a high end. Yes. And then Shameless is later on when he's all older and drunk. I knew I knew him Perfect. from something, and that scratched my itch. Yes. That's so funny. Yeah, Shameless. Yeah, He's actually make really that great connection. and shameless. I do I do like that series. Every character in that series will just disappoint you. <laughs> Did you guys recognize like Steve Buscemi and yeah, Steve Buscemi. some of those characters? Yeah, for sure. Reservoir Dogs. Um, so this is hopping back into the facts here. So again, nineteen ninety six R rated movie. Uh, it's a crime comedy, Steven. A cr- comedy. 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 Bingo. This bad boy's got 80, 85% on Metacritic, 94% Rotten Tomatoes, 8.1 IMDb, and 90% Google wow. users. Wow. Wow. Strong. That's pretty high up there. Nick only picks uh, ones with real high ratings there. He double checks it first because he, he wants to have a little backup when it comes down to the reviews. Nick, Trent, did they make some side when you Trent, quick aside have a little backup when you when you went wow look at the uh look at the vocal line on your on your audio it's just like this smooth fady like yeah it looks <laughs> really good cool. wow that's an impressive uh anyways this is this is good content but um great way yeah so you guys want to guess on the box office and budget here yeah for 96 96. I know it was going to be a clean 30 million budget. Mm. Oh, you do know that. Okay, well, that's helpful. Real clean. I'm going to go for 30. Wait, are you guessing? The budget? Yeah, yeah that was a guess. Okay, because yeah, Nick's good. asking for the box office. But I will go. Well, both. Both, if you could. For... Let's I'm do budget first. Both. I mean, let's go in order of, you know. I'm going to need both. Answers. I'm going to go for 45K box. On 45k, her. huh? Yeah. All right. Forty-five thousand dollars? No, forty-five mil. There's For, an M on that. Trent just loves to say the, the wrong There's an <laughs> denomination. You Trent's always like, Trent's like a hundred billion dollars. You constantly say <laughs> thousand instead of million. A hundred billion dollars. I put an M on there, like, guys. Trent, how much? How much is on my account? It is about fifty thousand. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, fifty million. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's not how it works, you guys. Right, so so Trent, also, Trent. real quick, you guys. Um, uh, yeah, real quick, go ahead before I ask this question. Go ahead and tell the. Uh, tell I the want budget. you to guess the uh, box office too. Ooh, I guess I'm gonna go with a 60 mil box. Let's let's say it, let's say it doubled up what I needed to do. Nick, Trent, I said 45. Oh Nick, okay. when did this release? Did what when what day did this release? Was it cr- during Christmas? I don't fucking know. It just says 1996. <laughs> it has that like but Christmas Steven. vibe movie look when it like when you look at yeah. the cover of the well, it's it all has this, like a Christmas It's April 15th. Oh, yeah, no, 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 it's no. The, it's the red it's the red sweater and stuff and the snow, I'm sure, but Steven, did you look at the uh box office on Google? No. What was it? 
box office was sixty point six million. Ooh, Steven. Ooh, what was the budget? The budget was only seven million. Mm, oh wow, nice they did Stevie. really well. Low budge. I, I I was just trying to double up the thing. Man, that was a pinpoint shot on Re- the. Um, that was a dart. The, Release so date say. is March eighth. That was 8th. a fucking dart, Steven. March eighth. No, I. I saw April, I thought. No, March 8th, mm. 1996. Hot debate here, March 5th. or April. Let us know in the oh, comments, this is March this or is April. There's a, Are you there's team a March, show. team April? Yeah, speaking of the know. TV show, Stephen, um, good point. What's up with the TV show? Is that related at all? So they made a, so they made a spinoff TV show with Billy Bob, old Billy Bob Thornton in it. Gross. And apparently it kind of builds off of the ending of this movie how the ending is kind of up in the air you don't know what happens with the rest of the money um and so i guess it kind of builds off of that and they they have a tv show but apparently this is based off a true story if i'm taking the beginning of the movie literally um which you should but yeah that's that's kind of the that's kind of the um uh tv show Nick, please tell me you got what what they got wrong from reality. I know you didn't. Did you? Oh no, I absolutely did not. They basically made it sound well, first like of all, it was I, I will say I will say I looked into this and despite it saying true story in the very beginning and giving this whole description still makes you a little reluctant, huh? No, it's it's not a true story. It's not? Oh, is it not? It's not a true story. They just wanted right, to make it seem like a true story. You're lying. Really? Are you serious? I literally, because I was going to listen to the podcast version of the case. I kind of thought that maybe I had heard the case in the past and just didn't know this was the movie version of it. Um, but yeah, you see it and it says true story. So I'm like, of course, I'm going to like dive into the case and listen to the podcast on the case. It doesn't exist. I'm going to have to consider that in my review later. I'm sorry. But you know what? That just goes to show you that Hollywood can say whatever they want at the beginning. It is a true story that someone made up. A true <laughs> okay, story sorry, that I someone was just, made I was up. Ridiculous. They just didn't right, add that right. indie bar. They just said true story. And they left out that <laughs> That's someone why I was made skeptical. up. That's why I was skeptical. Because I knew with these directors and just the absurdity of some of these, act, some of these characters and parts... Um, I was just like, this is hard to believe. I mean, I guess I could see it happening, but man, to this unassuming guy to call two guys to kidnap his wife and then try to steal the ransom, like it just seemed like a really crazy story. Can they do that? Are they allowed to do that, guys? How how many times have we been duped on them telling us it's a true story and it's totally... It's completely bullshit. They're Trent just feels, doing... Trent feels betrayed and lied to. Right I now. feel like it's because it's Trent's art. Hurt. I mean, it's you can do whatever you want. That's preposterous. Art, Trent. That's preposterous. It's like saying, um, I remember I had an advertising class in college, and they were saying that it's the best coffee in the it's world. Legal. It's legal to make a claim if you can't like factually prove it's untrue. Like. Come on down to Bob's Chicken. We got the best chicken in the Southeast. <laughs> like that's not a, it's not illegal to say that you have the best chicken in the Southeast because you can't uh, not prove it. Um, and I don't know where I was going with that, but it related to the part that you were just saying. <laughs> no, you, you made a point, and it's because you can say you can say you can say that kind of stuff. But um, yeah. Oh, about the true story. Yeah, the true story. yeah, you can say like this. <laughs> you can this just say that kind of story. stuff. 
Yeah, you could just but make no, elaborate. Claims. But would you guys agree that that's I ridiculous? Will say it, it, it um it kind of makes it it kind of because I saw that it admit, was that's like, annoying. I saw the preview and I'm like, this is a comedy. That's annoying. And then, like you see the true story thing, you see the true story thing, and I was like, if this is a true story, then like it, it was just real. It's just a really hmm. uh, I like I guess satire way of like making fun of it almost so it, I'm, right. I'm glad it's actually like almost not disrespectful like like the way how it was so um so light-hearted how the mom dies there was an actual the grandpa story, dies uh, you know this the, guy goes to mom, jail there was there was times though where they did sometimes i don't love when movies are kind of a combination of two very different dramas like comedy and and like a murder movie but um like I never liked Zombieland because I thought it was kind of weird, and that way I didn't really love the the blending of the genres. But I I do think that they did kind of a good job about like there's a few scenes where he he's like getting emotionally upset, and you're like, whoa, this is a drama. And then the next scene, he's just like, oh gosh, Jerry, you know what what's going on over here? And it's just like so lighthearted, and it feels like just a sitcom. Um, but he he did a good job of kind of like getting in those like dark scenes to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, for for London, I don't know how you could. I, I'll digress. I just think it's annoying that they can do that. You guys don't think it's annoying that they said it was oh, a true story and it's not a true story? Oh, Trent's still on the true story uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, we he's, agree. He's, he's okay, okay. I just want to make sure Trent's not going to let this I, go. Because I really wanted to hear the actual podcast about it, and and I was going to say it's similar to when they say based on true events, and the mm. only event that I I read in this article that um. It said some guy killed his wife and put her through a wood chipper, and that was like one. They the, brought like the that scene where the guy the was like shoving oh, the body in the wood chipper. You know, um, that's the only part I wish wasn't true. That part's awful. Yeah, exactly. Goodness gracious. Yeah, that part was pretty much up. But it, um, yeah, you're kind of like, wow, if this is a true story, this is like super disrespectful to the victim and their families. Yeah, yeah, I get that part of it. Right, right, for right. For sure. Right. That's true, too. Um, let's transition to, into some more facts here. Okay. So I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, apparently, all the actors used a book called How to Talk Minnesotan to help them with their accents. <laughs> we need to get that book, guys. I, I, I know, we do. Oh, yeah? I actually think we're kind of naturals. I was looking up we're something kind of natural, on that. Yeah. I was looking up something on that. They say, um, they, they say, you betcha a lot. You betcha. They say, you, betcha. you know. Yeah. Um, they, say they say, oh, yeah. Milk instead of milk. They say, dat mm-hmm. instead of that. They say, Colorado. Nor Dakota. Nor. 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 Come out to North Dakota or Colorado. Okay. <laughs> I like it. We need so, to get that book. Um, apparently, there was like very little ad living done on Jer. Uh, Mr. Lundergaard, uh, his part. Yeah. Jerry. Yeah. Jerry Lundergaard's part. Yeah. Um, he said that most of, most of his characters stuttering mannerisms were written out in the script exactly the way that he did them in the film. So that's pretty impressive from like a writer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he did a good, good job of like, we'll talk about the car sales scene later. Cause that's one of my favorite scenes. Um, oh, yes. but he's, he's so good at, you know, like kind of stuttering and stammering and especially when um the cop um marge goes in there 
to kind of investigate him and he starts like stammering about the the stolen car from his lot and all that mm-hmm. um i thought i thought those were some like pretty good scenes of him yeah i think i thought the used car scenes were funny because there's there's always been this bad stigma around car salesmen and it's because there's a lot of salesmen that take advantage of people like that and for years even to this day it's it's so hard. You'll see an advertised price for a car and you'll go into the dealership and they'll add so many fees on top of it. It's never an out the door price. And um, there's yeah. new laws. There's new laws coming into effect that um, are helping with that. Also with hospitals and stuff, there's new laws that went into effect uh, where, you know, hospitals and emergency rooms have to disclose the price before you mm-hmm. go in, you know, to do whatever. Um, there's even loopholes around it because I guess the, the, the fines that they make the fines that they get for not disclosing are just like a speeding ticket pretty much. And they don't really care to pay it. So there's still uh, things that need to be worked out, but um, it's like a, it's like just a true story thing. It's like people can advertise whatever they want and then they get in and like, I love that true code scene, the true code joke. Every, every time he came back to the true code said, I told you I didn't want the true code. You put the true code on there. If I was like, listen, I went and talked to my boss. He said we could take a hundred dollars off that true code. <laughs> it's so, it's so relatable. I fucking love it. It's that so scene. relatable. Uh, what the fuck is true code? I right, don't. Know let's not was. talk about it too much because I, I have a. Um, it's pro. It's, it's probably some oh, like a uh, protective coating, like wax or ceramic yeah. coating, something like that. Yeah. Don't talk about it too much because I have a. Um, five for five. A blue crab question. question okay. Okay. I have okay. a blue crabber. I have a blue crabber from there. We saw your blue crab earlier. We know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but let's see. I have some other facts here. Okay. I I, so, I have to look at the triv. I can look at the triv. Oh, it's all good. I'm kind of there too. But um, let's see. Uh, Gare, uh, Grizz. Grimm's Rudd, who's played by Peter Stormare, has he only has eighteen lines of dialogue in the entire mover movie and never says more than a complete huh. sentence. Um, <laughs> and then by comparison, Steve Buscemi has like one hundred and fifty lines of dialogue. Yeah, that's not surprising. So that was interesting. And then apparently there was only one sunny day of filming during this movie, and the cinematographer hated it because he felt like it went against the uh, mood of the movie. That kind of makes he wanted sense. it like really really bleak yeah. and cold as fuck and dude when they're standing outside um that one part and he's like shaking i'm like i can feel how fucking cold that is yeah um, yeah it just looked brutal and steve was and, it's, it's and i was colder. looking at it and like their way it's, of life is um yeah it's it's very it must be very difficult it must be I, i'm not sure how bad it gets in colorado but i don't you know like they're not, they just have to just go out in the parkas and then you know drive and then there you know they there's snow plows everywhere mm-hmm. and like you're just you just have to live probably a majority of the year in snow yeah I mean, how much yeah how, they get the they get the way they get way more snow than we do and it's way way colder like it's way more mild here and compared to other midwestern states but i don't know about mo- like all of the year but their winters are probably a lot harsher than ours like we could have snow one day maybe like once a week 
but it it melts the next day and you can play like volleyball or like golf the next day or something whereas like in minnesota it's like all winter kind of thing mm, so yeah. i mean you think what someone would go to them is that you don't have to deal with this shit you know you could go move <laughs> somewhere else it's not nicer other parts of the country yeah but you don't get that uh you don't get the culture they're nice people but no there. i was gonna say yeah the culture specifically it's just like the south of the north they have an accent they're all hospitable they're nice they're all oh how you doing come you want something to drink nice. oh yeah here take my drink she Let said, no, I don't want eggs. you to sit next to me. I want to see your face. You she's like eggs. trying to be nice to this guy that she's just like, I don't want you to sit next to me. But I'm going to pretend like it's not because I'm creeped out. I'm going to pretend like it's just because I want to see you and <laughs> see your face. Um, I got one real quick. Did y'all know much about yeah, Paul Bunyan before this? I really did. Who is uh, Paul Bunyan? So he was, you know, uh, featured in the movie as that statue, Stephen. Remember him? Oh, right. And I had to look him up because I was like, who? Because when I think of him, I always thought he was like uh, like a pioneer or something like that. But it turns out um, he is a folk hero and, and he's from Canadian folklore. And he's depicted as a giant lumberjack um, with his telltale signs or superhuman labors. And he's always accompanied by the babe, the blue ox. Oh, I remember that. Isn't that weird? Okay. Yeah, hmm. I never knew about that, but it was like it was like yeah, it was like their attraction that brought it to there. But it, you could tell it was so dated to where. Yeah, it was there. We all, th- none of us. Well, you you've all heard that name before, I would assume. Like I had. Oh yeah, Paul Bunyan. Just never knew. I've got another fact. So apparently it's kind of ironic that the movie is called Fargo because most of the killing happened in Brainerd, but the Coen brothers didn't want to call it Brainerd because it wasn't a good, as good of a movie title. Yeah. But don't they still talk about Brainerd in the movie? They don't call it Fargo. That well, they well they do, but Fargo was the only pl- Fargo was just the place that uh, Jerry went to meet up with the two kidnapping uh, kidnappers. Uh, uh, but most most of the movie takes place in Brainerd. Is there a Fargo like a legit Fargo, North Dakota? I think so. There is a Fargo, North Dakota, And also, there is a North Dakota Fighting Hawks men's ice hockey. And I don't know where they filmed this, but what's interesting about film and writing scripts and everything is that it could be about Fargo, but like you said, actually being Brainerd, and they could actually film it actually, you know, somewhere else, you know. And similar to The Office where... It was about Scranton, Pennsylvania, but they were in California filming it and writing it and doing all the stuff. Mm-hmm. So you look back at some of the things like the, I don't think there's a Chili's in Scranton, but there's a Chili's like in the in the show and everything like that. So yeah, there are certain things that like you know Hollywood does. You know, it could be Fargo, but they might have not even filmed in Fargo. Right. So the um, I'm actually looking at a map right now. Fargo is literally on the border of North Dakota and Minnesota. So that makes sense. Um, oh, okay. Why there there was some crossover there of the culture. Yeah, that does. That I see that here too. I'm about to pull up an aerial view. 
I need to see geographically. I'm also going to check out Pennsylvania since I was lacking <laughs> earlier on that too. Yeah, just check it all out. Get your geography. Globally, I'm good. It looks so small, this little, this these little town. interesting yeah. states. Oh, South Dakota. Oh, you know what? South Dakota is the um, the top of the hat for the chef. It's the chef's hat. So you're looking at... No, the, the chef's hat is North Dakota and Montana. What are you okay. talking about? I'm giving people a reference. You know the, you know the guy, you know the chef that's in the uh, United States with the plate of Kentucky Fried Chicken? No, dude. Nick, do you know what he's talking about? <laughs> he's the... No. Show me, let me, let me share my screen. It doesn't matter. Let's move on. <laughs> or no way. This is, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one. Minnesota is the, the hat. God, people are probably yelling at me. <laughs> Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, and Arkansas. Thank you. Let me show you my screen. Thank you, Stephen. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Thank you, Stephen, for pointing this out. I, I, I was looking uh, at the wrong show. Funny. Yeah, how dare you? It's that's Minnesota. Funny. I've never seen that. I was about to say, I'm about to describe it, and it doesn't really look like In that. In Kentucky's <laughs> the fried chicken. <laughs> I bet there was, whoever found that must have been somebody just like really high staring at a map and being like, dude, dude. it's a guy. This little chef <laughs> from Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, All right, guys, let's get back on else? topic, and let's go check out Pennsylvania. Where are we at, Pennsylvania? <laughs> I will say Tom Hanks regards this as a perfect film on every level. What? So Tom Hanks likes it. How is it? How? Tom, if, is there context there? No, he just says. That's all he said? Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks said in an interview for CNN's The Movies that he considers this film to be a perfect film on every level. Interesting. Tom Hanks. Oh, and it's funny because I was just talking about Scranton because Scranton is in Pennsylvania. But yeah, Pittsburgh. Okay, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Yeah. I like that fact, Nick. That's a good one. Yeah, you're welcome. Great fact, Nick. Great fact. Well, unless you guys got more sauce, I say we move on to the Cinco for Cinco. Cinco for Cinco. The Cinco for Cinco. Let's do it. We're back to the five four five. Before we get into that, though, Trent has a couple facts that he just spaced on. He just goofed on. He straight up goofed on, and he's here to straight up goof. He's here to give you some. Yep, that's right. Sorry for my fumble there, but um, let me recover. And I saw these two ones that I just thought would be good sauce to talk with you guys about. Nick, you might have already mentioned the first one here that none of it was actually shot in Fargo. Mm, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh, one yeah. that I wanted to make sure we got in here. But the other one was that they didn't... The Coens told the cast and crew um, that it was real until three weeks of shooting, and then they told them it was fictional. <laughs> what? Does so this even the cast even and crew Trent? thought it was real. Trent just is really bothered. <laughs> I just thought that was funny that this if I was like a, filming the movie a and I thought it was real... <laughs> well, I agree. I'm I'm on the same Trent page. Go. I was excited. I was excited to learn about the actual case, and it definitely gets you more invested if you think it's real for some reason. Yeah, I I mean I it agree. Would, it it's would have a, a lot of kickback factor. nowadays if it was if it was a true story. I don't know if it was 
if it was okay, more okay back in the nineties when, you know, information wasn't as easily spread around. But nowadays, if it was a true story and you did like a satire, pretty much, ma you know, making fun of the whole thing, people would like, well, I think it just, back you, you gotta wait, us. you know, you gotta, you gotta wait a good couple of years. Like if they went out with like a satire thing yeah. about like OJ or like something like, I, I feel like if, 10 it, 20 it, it years be, passes it, it satire is okay. only funny in a, in a crime like this if there's not a lot of innocent people that die and in this movie there's a bunch of just innocent people that die for no reason i think the two uh criminal guys i think they both live right uh the fucking jerry fucking jerry he's actually a jerry well hold right? up don't that don't spoil anything because i have from. i have a couple questions coming up that i need to get out of the way before you guys answer them Ooh, okay so can yeah. we hop, can we hop into this and then we can we can let's debrief hop in. it looks like i'm about to let's spill some in. sauce we'll on answer it. Well, I, I don't yeah. know if you were but just be safe all right um i had really had to scramble for questions here because i wasn't getting a lot here um from this movie that that i could think of were good okay. questions but i i scrapped together five here um, so question number one, which type of car does Jerry bring to the henchmen? So it's not the dealer. Oh, so it is the dealer plates car. E yes. The car. Yeah. The car that they're driving around that they're arguing about who's going to, who's going to take it. Yeah. We've got a Vista cruiser, Umber Sierra, a Thunder Roadster or a Cutlass Sierra. And if you need those answers again, let me know. <laughs> this the cruiser. <laughs> that seventy show. So, Nick, they say it in it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. This oh, isn't a blue crowd. Oh yeah. Steven, do oh, you okay. know it? Oh, okay. Uh, I think I know it. All right, you don't go. Trent looks like he's struggling. I'm, gl I'm very glad you asked this question. Thank you. Run through. Them I know one you more like time, a good Nate. car question. Um, a good car question. We've got a Vista Cruiser. Umber Sierra, a Thunder Roadster, or a Cutlass Sierra? And I'm going to need an answer from you soon. I'm going to say B. Umber Sierra? I'm going to go Umber Sierra. All right, Steven. I definitely was some kind of Sierra. And you put those two in there, so I know for sure it's definitely Sierra. I'm going to go D, though. Ooh, I am sorry to say, Steven, that is incorrect. Trent, it was the Umber Sierra. Ooh, yeah, boy, oh, I, I thought it. I, th I didn't even think it was either of those. I thought it was a different type of Sierra, but when you yeah. gave me these, those only two options. I had the, like, uh, okay, I had I the subtitles up, and I was reading it to be sure. But all right, very good. Question number two. Is God, Trent? Is is that is Umber? What is that? Is it a Look Sierra it GMC Sierra? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to look it I, up. I right tried now. to look it up too, and I wasn't finding images, unfortunately. <laughs> it doesn't even have it up. Hold on a second, Dick. This is a freaking. This I have to fact check your ass every <laughs> both of your asses every time. This is not even. This is not even a car. You, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Nick, is this not a car, my boy? Did I write down the wrong name? Uh, hold on. Hold on. Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. I think they're both right. I think they're both right because burnt umber 
in the uh, was the color of the Cutlass Sierra. So he called it an Umber Sierra, which was the color of the Cutlass Sierra. So both, I'll give both answers oh to you. Oh my <laughs> god, a Cutlass, yes, a Cutlass Sierra. That's what it was. It's a 1987 okay. Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. Nick, you fool. <laughs> the color was burnt umber, though. <laughs> burnt umber. We've color. all been there. We've all been there. Okay, I'm not gonna go. Oh, deep. now I remember what but happened. You said now umber, I... and I'm like, I, I, I was like, I could have sworn it was neither of those. <laughs> okay, I now I remember. That. Now so I remember I what happened. Sworn. He was talking about it, and he was like, "Yeah, it's that burnt umber Sierra." And then I was just like, what? And then I think I backtracked it. And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to write down Umber Sierra for short. Well, Nick, Nick, the very first scene, which I do love this scene. And let's talk about it for a second. The very first scene when you see just it's all snow and you see the car towing the car. First of all, I'm a car guy. I love that. I love watching it. It's so people are so overrated thinking like you need all these like heavy equipment to tow these cars nowadays. This guy was towing a car with the same car, pretty much, <laughs> through the snow. Through the snow, Nick. You yeah, gotta, you, you gotta, gotta appreciate that. Forerunner out yeah. there, okay? All-wheel drive, okay? This guy is in a freaking Cutlass, driving cross country with a load on the back, like it's nothing. Yeah, Nick, Dude, and they're on some serious. Some load. <laughs> Dude, he's pulling some load, and they're out in these like areas where you're like, man, you guys aren't even, you guys don't even care. You guys don't even care if he gets stuck. You're out here in these cars. You would expect there to just be a bunch of trucks out there, but they don't care. They're just on cars. But I do love that. In that very first scene, when he meets up with the guys, he says that name, the Cutlass Sierra. Yeah. (laughs) Well, speaking of of load, I'm ready to B&L on those T's, you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) 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 So question. (laughs) The after dark pod tonight. So I think overall... I did get it right, and Trent also got it right because you actually you got, got it what right. You thought <laughs> you yeah, got it right, and I called right. you out. Trent, you got it both right. You got it both right. I'm glad you fact checked, which it. made us all realize that this was a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nick, give right. us number two. Give me number two, Johnny. Okay, give me two, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Utah. Let's go back to point break for that reference. Give me two. Utah, give it to. All right, so uh, there's a scene where so this is a bullshit question, um, but there's a scene when <clears throat> he's talking to his son in the kitchen, and his son has a noti- notable uh, beverage on the on the table. It was a certain beverage he was drinking that that morning. I'm gonna need the name of said notable beverage. We've got High C, okay. Sunny Delight, Gatorade, or White Grape Juice. And I'm sorry, which scene was this in? Uh, this was when he's talking to his um, his his son, son in the in the kitchen. In the yeah, in the kitchen. Uh, Frank Gallagher, the um, what's his name? What's the actor's name? Jerry Jerry yeah so we've got so Jerry's talking to his son in the kitchen and and this drink is on the table we've got high C sunny delight Gatorade or Welch's white grape juice Steven God I love me some sunny delight and I love me some high C 
Haven't had them in about 15 years, but if I could have a throwback, you know, I might want to take a sip. I'm going to go high C. High C, kicking the high C over to Trent. <clears throat> I want to say I remember this, and I think it's Sunny D. Wait, Give Steven, me Sunny Steven D. did you pick C or high C? He picked high, high C. High C was B. Did you? Actually, high C was A. I'm kind of thinking Sunny D now. <laughs> did you pick? <laughs> wait, what, did, wait what, what was your answer, Trent? Steven picked high was C. It, it was an orange drink. I can't tell you that. Why would we tell you that? <laughs> what did, wait, Trent, what did you say? Did you say Sunny D? He said Sunny D. So, Nick, Nick, for, let the records show. Okay, Steven, Steven, said, high Steven C. said High C, Trent said, I said sunny, sunny D. I said Sunny and D. And the correct answer is... And then is, I changed my answer to Sunny D. <laughs> no, we had, you, we had you locked in. All right, the correct answer is Welch's Sunny Delight. I'm just kidding. Sunny Delight. Yes, sir. Oh. Your boy caught that. And Trent, I just have to say, I, I think love I like the... Sunny D more as a drink. Oh, it's so good. Than High C. It's so been good. a while since I've had. So, yeah, so good. It's a good one. And Trent, I just have to say, I love your shirt, by the way. It's a nice sat val shirt. Oh, thank you. Very nice. Very nice. What? Oh, nice. All right, Trent Cider is Valley Nick's old band. Trent is two for New two. Two. Cider, check him out on Spotify. All right, I had to ask two very similar questions because I just needed an extra question. But uh, first question: okay. How many people did Steve Buscemi kill in this movie? Ooh, good question. I was just wondering it. I need you to use those those mental prowesses. Trent's squinting real hard. Trent's looking. Trent's looking in that mem. All right. We've got easy. Give them to you numerical. One, two, three, or four. Trent. Okay. I think I know this. Why don't you go ahead and get it wrong? For millions and millions of people live. Live at five. Um... So I won't go through them one by one. Yeah, don't tip. But them. we should after we both answer. Yes, sir. <clears throat> I just I know I know there's one. And then um, it's definitely one. He's he started with two. So why don't you just assume there's started at least with two? two. <laughs> he started with two. Assume there's at least two. Let's move over there. <laughs> I'm gonna need an answer from. I'm you. gonna go three. All right, three from Trent, Stephen. The answer is four. Cheers, Nick. <laughs> and dun, 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 this is in a twist. I won't tell you if you got that answer right until you answer this question. How many people did, how many people did Baird kill? Because I can't give you the answer of that one until you give me mm. this answer because it could impact how you answer this question. So how many people did Bear? And then, Bear and then dun, 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 how many Bear, people died he, in, he in total? He's this—he's this psychopath guy. Yeah, the, yeah. The, not Steve Buscemi, the other guy. Yeah, his other pre- partner other in crime. Guy. We've got three, four, five, or six. I like this. This is kind of a double whammy question. It's worth two. 
Yeah, this is blue crab all day. I'm making my own rules. Mm. Trent. Uh, Question Steven, two. You go f- and, two and then we'll Steven, walk you through go first this one. Steven, you uh, go I'm going to go three. Time. I have no idea. I didn't think they killed more than four people. Yeah, I honestly thought he killed two people. <laughs> I was going um, as a collective. Um, I did. I wasn't dif- differentiating the... Uh, I was bulking them as a unit for people. So it sounds like I'll go go three as well on that one. It sounds like there's at least five people that died at least. So boys, I hate to tell you, but you both got both of those wrong. So that is true because they did kill those two people. I walk you through it. Randomly saw them. Steve Buscemi killed. So it was six, six total, right? Steve Buscemi killed two people he killed um he killed jerry's dad in the exchange with the briefcase yeah. and then he oh right jerry's dad and then, seven people and then he killed the security guard at the toll on the way out yeah at the front so he toll. killed two people yeah, yeah. that might have been That's and true. then baird baird only killed five people he killed the three he killed the cop he killed the two the two people who saw him kill the cop um, he killed, oh, yeah. he killed, oh, right, the cop. he killed Jerry's wife. That's four. Jerry's wife. And yeah. then he killed Steve Buscemi, chopped him up in the woodshed. So he did kill, he, he did kill, uh, his, it was, uh, it Je- was implied. It was implied that he implied, did. Cause yeah. I, I had to look it up. How, how so? Dead. Cause you how saw her just implied? laying there, laying on the ground. She was just laying there. Yeah. Next to the chair. Well, and it didn't implied, sound like he implied she died. something about like she got really annoying and he got like fed up with her. Apparently. So he slapped her. I had, I had See, to Google is, it and it. Is that said that's it was the implied. reason why this wouldn't make a good satire is because she was like the ultimate victim that really yeah. didn't do anything. They right. just got kidnapped and brought into all this, and then you got Jerry that's just an idiot thinking like, oh, I'm gonna scam my way, you know, out of my my wife's father's money and mm-hmm. you know try to figure this out and then like it gets yeah. it gets to and over his head and i mean i could see why they wanted to make it look they're trying to make it look as real realistic as possible and this very well could happen someone doing this with like sort of like you know better intentions and then it just kind of goes out of hand mm-hmm. but um because like, you hear i don't know if you guys ever heard about that case where the um people put a bomb around a pizza delivery guy's neck and made him like a rob a bank. Wouldn't, wouldn't put it past. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty messed up. There's, there's crazy stuff that people do. Like, you know, even people that are fake their own disappearance and things like that. But yeah, that's just uh, all true crime stuff. Yeah. And I, and I liked it cause it, it, you see like she gets called, she gets a call really early in the morning and she, she's like, okay, She's like, hey, how you doing? She's so super nice for getting a call that early, but I guess she's expecting it almost. And they're pretty much saying, hey, like, we got some shit going on today that you got to come in early for. She's probably saying, okay, I got to be there soon. Bye. Yeah. And then she gets out. She puts her coat. He's like, I, I, you know, I love this. He says, I'm going to make you some eggs. He says, yeah. Norm, go back to sleep, Norm. I'm going to make you some He's eggs. Like, oh, you need to eat a breakfast. I'm going to fix you some eggs. I love that. Yeah. I love it's that. So I love their relationship. Yeah. Their relationship is so cool. I love how nice everyone is to each other. And then yeah. you see him, even when he gets out, when, even when she gets out there on site, 
The other cop's like, "Oh, hey, Margie, here's some, <laughs> here's some drink. Oh, it's something to warm you up. Oh, thank you. Yeah. What have we got here? Oh, like we got three dead people. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'd be like, what the fuck? Know, three I dead know. people? Holy shit! We don't deal with this stuff. Like, what are you talking about? You're just like looking. Oh, this one. Oh, yeah, defensive wound. It looks like. Dude, how? Oh, where's the other one? Okay, let's let's go do, look at that state trooper. We do need to move on to my fifth. <laughs> like, are you not throwing up right now? <laughs> We do need to move on to my fifth question soon, but I do love, um, I do love some of those scenes. Yeah, I, I got some quotes that I, I want to run through at some point, but yeah, not yeah, yet, not yeah. yet. Get, get right. to your fifth question. All right, so fifth, fifth and last question. Even though I think you're both out right now, what was the price of the car that Jerry agreed to with that guy in the shop? Oh, he was coming in for the true coat. Good scene. This Listen, is why this, this true code, it's yes, going to cost you a fortune. If, a uh, it's going to cost you a fortune if, uh, you know, you have any issues. You know, you got to have the true code. He's <laughs> like, we agreed to this price. You literally called me 10 minutes ago. You said, come on down. We got it at this price. And then didn't he say it to the other guy? Didn't he, <laughs> he's like, didn't he oh, no, say it to the like, other guy? Like, it's not a, <laughs> no, he literally you don't goes, need it. You don't need he, the true code. He, he literally goes, uh, as he's walking he goes, out, yeah, he goes, you know, I, he turns around and says, you know they put the true code out at the factory. We don't even have that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know, I'm I'm not saying I didn't say that, but I'm just saying, you know, the true code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They put it on. They put it on the factory. And then he, he's talking. To, he's later on. He's talking to the guy. The true code. He said, I don't need any true code. <laughs> he said, Yeah, you're right. I need the true code. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You don't All right. It. So get, I'm gonna need the price of that vehicle. We've got sixteen five, seventeen five. 18.5 or 19.5? I think I know what it is, but Nick, isn't this, is this the um, number that he agreed to or the number that he went to? This is the number that... They agreed to a number that was repeated a lot. Right, good question. This is the number... It was an extra $500, um, I think, because of... Uh, the true coat? This because is, of the true this coat. Is the, okay, good question. Actually, an extra 400 He got he got a hundred knocked right. off. Don't, don't, off. Don't give... Oh, way too much but yeah this is the price that they had agreed to before this true coat business <laughs> he was like this is the price we agreed to you told me it was this price yeah all right all right sounds okay, like Steven i know it knows it. go ahead trent um i think it's gonna be either 16 or 18 i'm going uh 16.5 Steven? Was this um this must have been in the late eighties, no? What what was what this time was going on? Ninety six? That's when the movie came out. Uh, yeah. No, the movie came out in ninety six, but the, the time frame with it. Yeah, it was eighty seven. It was eighty seven. And it was a brand new vehicle. It must have been like around eighty seven or eighty eight. Um I do think it was uh nineteen five. It was nineteen five. Wow, Stephen, nice. No, you know it's funny though, um, Nick. Especially in areas like yours, uh, those uh, protective coatings actually can be a big help, especially when you're in, like this snowy. <laughs> oh, dude, snowy kind my of paint. You my are paint, a dealer, aren't my you? My paint Steven? on the back of my trunk is fucked on certain. Like, there's one section of the paint that's like totally um, rusted. Well, it's because there's so much to think about. What you need to what you need to do is go uh, probably 
every couple of weeks, go to one of those self-service car washes and don't use the brush, but actually get the, the water and spray, not only spray down the top and the paint and everything, but you want to get up under your car and spray underneath in the frame and the suspension parts, all that stuff with all that snow and all the dirt that gets up there during the winter time. That's where like really bad rust happens. And, and you know, and I, and I see, cause I do a lot of research now that a lot of these Northern cars get a lot of rust and then they'll ship them down south and then they'll ship really old cars from the south up north because yeah. they don't have any rust so people are like oh mm -hmm. I, i'm done to buy a, I'm, i can buy a car and it's not going to have as much rust because up in the north where they have in and, and like areas like this where they're in north dakota all that snow year round and then salt on the streets year round pretty much yeah that just like you don't realize it but people always clean the outside of the car and you, you you need to clean the outside of your car and the paint and keep it clean and, and protect it so nothing can damage the paint. But you also want to clean up under your car like pretty frequently. I do it every time I wash my car, which is probably like every two weeks. And I'll That's get up crazy. under my car and clean up under everything and make sure just because that's how rust happens. And I already have rust under my car because it came I was from a little. North. All right. I was a little surprised at how many sedans there were in North Dakota, at least in this Me too. movie. Yeah. But this is back in the day. This is back. So this is You know what's funny is we we I think we're at a point in life where we think like we need so much when we really yeah. don't know like that a, this little car can tow this little car in the middle of the winter. And now how much of it was accurate or whatever, we don't know. This was a movie and maybe there is a bunch of trucks out there. That would make more sense personally cuz in a snow environment like like you said, Nick, it just pays to have a forerunner out there. I mean, I have one, and I don't even need it where I'm at. Like, I could yeah. easily get by with a front-wheel drive vehicle for 99.9% .9 of the year. But, yeah, you know, it's... So that, that wraps up well, guys. Um, cleaning your car with Steven Strada. And uh, any <laughs> vehicular maintenance that you need, um, cleaning advice, keeping that paint, keeping that frame. You need to get Gaskets. underneath... Under the britches, wiring. What you want to clean, electrical. paint correct, it's and like, then protect. Okay. It's like you wouldn't. Bam! You're good. Clean the undercarriage. It's like putting cologne on without cleaning your balls. You know, you need to get in the undercarriage area, the crevices. the crevices, the nooks, the crannies, all of it. I could talk forever. I'm very passionate about this type of stuff, but I think we should <laughs> move on to director and. Director in the cast. This is the section we are going to talk about the director and the cast. First up for the director, the Cohen brothers. You know them. We know them. We love them. Repeat. Joel Cohen. Nick loves them. Nick repeat. Avi. Hey, we've got uh, we got one of Trent's movies in here. Yeah, mine's in here. I think. The Big Lebowski. Joel Cohen. The Big Cohen. Come on with the Big Lebowski. Come on. No Country for Old Men, True Grit. Steven loves that movie. Love it. Oh, brother, we're Love out it. there. Where art thou? Burn after reading. Big Lebowski. Um, What's well, yeah. not to love? He's Bridget Not a Spies. bad little arsenal. Not a bad a little arsenal. Now, are you guys looking at writer or director or I'm producer? looking at director right now. Brother, where art thou? The I writers do remember and this being a good same. movie, good soundtrack. Um, 
I could start singing some of the songs right now. I don't. Yeah, want to No get Country for Old Men. I forgot, Nick. Yeah, it honestly kind of had a similar ending, didn't it? Like where it was just remember. two people talking. I remember it, it was just a long time ago. I don't remember just, any of the plot. I remember the no music, Country though, for Old Men. No, oh, Stephen, you're Stephen, you're big on True Grit. No Country no, no, for no, Old no. Men was more of like a silent movie almost. Well, remember the ending of No Country for Old Men? It's just the uh, Tommy Lee Jones is just talking to that guy, or just talking to his wife maybe, and it just fades out like them just talking. Yeah. And then this movie ends the same way. It's just Norm and her husband laying in bed, just talking about their days. And um, I loved that part. Or, I loved that part. Her and Marge. Um, yeah, that was a great part. Where he was like, the votes came in. So what? On his so stamps. Yeah, like some some like other one won first place. Like mine mine made like the fifty cent stamps or like so Three some cents. I don't know about stamps, but yeah. Three it was cents. obviously like the lesser of the stamps. He's like, no one even uses those stamps. He's like, sure they do. Sure they use those stamps. They use them when they're running their old stamps. And you can tell <laughs> that like she's so nice. I love I love someone that's like that nice having a job that's like so intense yeah. so high intensity to where like like i almost felt like he was like a he was like uh he just stayed like stayed at home and painted right did he ha- did he have a job that yeah. we saw i don't know i think that was his main his main thing and maybe yeah, that were, was fine but you know and you really you cute. saw him what i loved about him too is that you saw him um like he he woke up as soon as she had to wake up and he made her breakfast and then he went down there and he ate breakfast with her before she went out. And like, he jumped super, her car super early in the morning. Yeah, she he, she came out. Hey, I gotta jump my car. He goes out there. They have an, they have some name for their car, which I loved, and then yeah. or the cruiser or something. Like, I don't know what that she said. But then um, you see uh, during lunchtime she goes back for lunch. And he brings her like Arby's and he's at the station with her eating Arby's. And like, he also knows everyone that she works with. And yeah, I thought that was like, that's just such a small town, like back in the day. With Can we know, chat about her? I know William, the other Jerry's more famous, but yeah, let's do it. Let's Francis, talk about her. Uh, you guys, Francis. So I do, I do need to talk about the nomad movie that, she was just in where is it Nomadland. So that that movie, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but that one, a lot of stuff. Andor was nominated, I believe it was nominated for some uh, best actor, best picture type stuff. Um, but she's really yeah, good, she, man. She's three she's uh, aged three a lot for sure. Three billboards movie, was similar. Like, no Nick. Offense, but it says uh nick i'll uh it says a woman in her 60s after losing everything in the great recession embarks on a journey through american west living as a van dwelling modern day nomad that look that sounds cool that sounds like into it's, the wild uh straight up it's it's like into the wild it's kind of slow at times but she just goes around the country and she's like meeting these people and getting their perspectives on life so is and, into um, the wilds pretty slow most of the whole movie but um yeah yeah, I think um, I do like movies like this, and I definitely will check this out. Uh, this, yeah, this this looks, looks pretty good. good. This was a 2020 film. Um, yeah, it got it got nominated a lot of stuff, but she's great. Um, she's she's also known been for known three for billboards outside Elbing, M- Missouri. I don't know if you guys remember this. So, I think this is I think yeah, this is actually based on a true story. That's a really a bu- good movie, actually. Three billboards was nominated for a bunch of stuff, also. 
It says a mother personally challenges the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch a culprit. And I and I do remember hearing about this because um these billboards, she she put up like two billboards as I think she said still no arrest question mark on one of them and the other one was like my daughter yeah. was like raped and killed. Like, what are you going to do about it? Please like pretty much like calling the police out. And these billboards were super expensive. I don't know. And they weren't even, they were like mm-hmm. a little side billboard that the, the company like completely forgot about, but they mm-hmm. still charge her like an arm and a leg every month to be able to like run these big signs on the billboard. Yeah. And it's I, a I good movie. She had to like I would mortgage, recommend you know, it. Refinance her house or sell her house or I, she went through crazy links to like, call the police force out and pretty much say, figure this shit out. Hmm. She's also in, um, I didn't like this movie, but have you guys seen burn after reading? No, it's got no, Brad Pitt in it. it. Um, no, it came out. No, wait, just not. It's a Cohen movie, but uh, Cohen. Yeah. Another Cohen movie. Cohen brothers brothers movie. movie. Yeah. But if you guys haven't seen it, I won't harp on it. And then, Let's jump um, into um, William Macy, if we could. Stephen had kind of touched on it. He's in uh, Shameless. I've seen some Shameless. I haven't seen it all the way through. Uh, hold on. Let's, yeah, all right, hold on. So we got to talk about Shameless. Let's um, give me hold the on. one-liner. Give me the one-liner on Shameless on IMDb. What does it say? It says, a scrappy, right. feisty, fiercely loyal Chicago family makes no apologies. And well said. Well said this, this show. Um, I, so I'll tell you the very first time I watched it was like in the middle of the series and it's too crazy of a series for you to just like hop in the middle. You have to watch it from the very first episode and you like fall in love with this family. And then like, they just all disappoint you horribly the entire time. And then it gets to a point to where it's like, all right, now it's just like the same old shit. You got to like watch something different. I've heard you okay. so describe good, that good before exactly. So like, I'm, I'm, should we watch it or not watch it? It's honestly good to watch. I mean, I don't I don't know if I'll ever rewatch it. I definitely might, but I think the first like two, three seasons <laughs> definitely are really, really good. It's one of those series <laughs> for me that like it, it kind of just like they kept doing this series and it just kind of kept getting overplayed. Like they just all kept making bad decisions and you're like, all right, you, you expect them to like kind of grow up. And it's like they all start kind of higher up and then they all slowly fall down when you think that they're like going to slowly rise up and then they all just slowly fall down from the top from the first. But I love the um, the family dynamic. It's just this crazy family like the the dad of the family is uh, is this guy. Um, what's his name? I'm sorry. Uh, William Macy. So this is the dad, Frank Gallagher, and he plays like this drunken dad that's never there. He's always trying to get disability checks and take advantage of people any way he can. And the mom is like off. I don't even think they depict the mom. So he's like Maybe this they, character. They, he's like they the depict the mom character. later. But all there's all these kids in the house and they're like pretty much the oldest sister is running the house and their older brother, you know, an older sister are pretty much raising all these kids and it's it's like a really chaotic household. Like they're all like throwing in money to try to pay for the bills and stuff. Like these kids like are gro- having to grow up really really fast because their parents like are not in their lives. And I think that's what's so appealing about it. You like sympathize for them so much, and then you you really hope and like especially one of the kids like the oldest the oldest kid in that movie, uh, Kip, is just like 
he's really good doing the SATs for people and stuff. And you think that he's going to like uh, turn into something really good. And he just kind of falls down and you're like, dude, like it just, it, the whole show just kind so of, so if I want to be like incredibly frustrated for a whole nine seasons, I should watch it. Is that what you're telling it me? It sounds like it. Yeah. You, it sounds like you just get let down by the characters, but I, I you do. You like, fall, it, it like makes like, you fall in love with the whole family. And then like, it slowly just like makes you like, Steven, did you see everyone, that? But like, it's, um, it is like, you know, kind of Steven, did you, down. did you see that new show, that new chef show with lip from it from shameless? Oh, that's his name. Not Kip lip. I'm sorry. Uh, I did not see that show. It's a good, it's a good show. Good show. I can't remember what it's called. Getting back on subject. I have to say say this before. Go ahead. Let me get this in. Cause Steven, I was dying. Steven was like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Yeah, I I definitely might. (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, I think I I won't watch it. I I definitely might. I think probably in another 10 years when I completely forget it, I think I would like to go, to go revisit it. Um, but Nick, I thought about you talking it, like, about um, Sea Biscuit because I see this guy was in that movie too. Didn't you say you liked that movie? I've talked about it before. Um, yeah, I remember it being pretty good. I I just need to rewatch it because it's been so many years. He's also in Boogie Nights. He's Little Bill in Boogie Nights. Have not seen Boogie Nights yet. Neither have I, but it's one of his uh, known t- known. I've seen it. I didn't like it personally. Yeah, Trent's Trent's shit I've on known. Boogie Nights. Yeah, he played an ER as Dr. David Morgenstern. Yeah, Trent, the reason I haven't watched Boogie Nights is because you shit on it so hard, but I should you would still think probably give be, it a chance. You'd think it'd be good. It's got Mark Morgan. We don't always Marky agree Mark. on movies. I know, but it was kind of his first, so I could see why. He's Marky like Mark, really though, Nick. Marky Mark. What's wrong with Marky? Marky Mark. Marky you know he's the nice right, North move Dakota on. boy pretty much. Let's move on. Let's uh, get into Steve Buscemi. Yeah, you I really, know, really, Steve. really liked Steve Buscemi in this. He Reservoir. He's like that uh, that really high end, uh, you know, non main role actor that in this role that was pretty much like a main role actor. I mean, he did have a main part, but um, he just played such a good role. And it, yeah, it Dude, was I funny because, like you said, Trent, he was the one talking the majority of the time. The other guy didn't have any lines, and there was that he was part funny looking. Where was like he was really are you funny looking. Fucking talk. I mean, we got a fucking nine-hour road trip. Are you gonna say anything, or am I gonna fucking just say? And you know, it's funny. It's like this is back in the day. Like you didn't have a podcast you could throw on. You didn't have some a Spotify you could throw on. Like you're on a nine-hour road trip. You're probably bored as fuck. And then if you're with this guy that is just not talking at all or contributing to any conversation, and I'm sure there's people out there yeah. that are like, yeah, I would just much rather just sit in complete silence. But He was man. a repeat of Pulp Fiction. Remember him That's in right. that? His buddy Holly. That's right. He's also in um, Con Air as well as Billy Madison, dude. Con I Air, see him Nick, oh, well said. He's from, he's from Con Air. Oh, he's in. Um, he's also yeah. in. Um, Mr. Deeds. He's in the jail. He's crazy eyes. Yes, Mr. Deeds. Arma, Arma, yeah, crazy eyes. He's in Armageddon, um, the wedding singer. I need to see the wedding singer. He also plays in Rick and Morty as the voice of Eddie. That's right. Interesting. In one episode. Um, but um, he's he's great. He's he's. Oh, he's uh, in uh, Portlandia he's a, too. He's a good mix of like comedic relief and also he he has a good like serious kind yeah. of um, 
side to him as well. I do want to talk about uh, Gare uh, Grimsrud, Peter Stormare. Yeah, let's talk about him. He was he was really good in this. I honestly kind of wish they developed his character maybe even a little bit more because I feel like they he was kind of the oh, behind uh, real the quick, scenes um, more. Real quick, I just want to say he's from Monsters too, uh, Randall. His voice, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> nice. There's there's a lot of things I oh, think okay. we we didn't get to in here. Oh right, yeah. Okay. There's because I I uh, but go ahead and finish that fact. I might have to hop back to Steve Buscemi here though. Well, let's just finish Steve before we just are hopping back and forth. Well, he was in ones. Monsters. He's Randall in Monsters, the guy that uh, disappears. I just I don't love remember that movie, that movie specifically. I I know there's some other ones. I know you I, you definitely scratched my itch with a couple of them. Oh, you mentioned Reservoir Dogs, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Because there's a, there's a lot of crazy things that he's in. He's never like that main actor, though. He's always that kind of like really good background kind of actor. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember him in Billy Madison, but I remember him in Mr. D's as always crazy eyes being so funny. But yeah, we can Billy move Mad- on. In, in, in Billy Madison, he's the guy where he's like, glad I called that guy. Oh, and it's and the Big guy Daddy. That, yeah. You guys remember him in Big Daddy? Nick, the you're right. guy? <laughs> he's like, Nick, glad I called that guy. And he's, glad I called that guy, he, and then he gets yeah, out of sniper. He called that guy to, he, he does the <laughs> thumbs up. So, so in Billy, in Billy Madison, Stephen, he he calls this guy uh, Steve Buscemi to apologize for like bullying him. Oh, as right. A kid. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. He crosses his and name puts, off the list. He puts and lipstick then he puts on. Lipstick on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, but Big Daddy. Um, I don't know if you remember the, the homeless guy. Did you guys mention that? We did, Stephen. Yes, Dude, yes. That uh, that is that is such a small role that he plays in, but he's so he's still funny in it, and he plays his role really, really well. He he was uh, in the Big Lebowski also. Oh, that's right, the Big Lebowski. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't right, remember um, him where he was in the Big Lebowski either. Um, Can we move on? Yeah, yeah, so sorry. let's move on. Yeah, there's, he just has so much stuff, and I feel like he's never like a main role in any of the stuff that I've seen. So over. Peter uh, Stormare. Peter Stormare. What were you he's saying known about him? For, well, I was just saying I wish he was. they developed his character a little bit more because I feel like he was kind of the – he was definitely the craziest motherfucker in this movie and had some serious taxi driver, like psychopath – vibes coming from him um just how he was so he was he he killed people so easily with like no remorse um like he you could tell he just he he just seemed crazy but i feel like they could have developed him a little bit more um but he was in the brothers grim constantine armageddon uh trent he's in john wick chapter two there you go that's what i'm talking about I feel like I've definitely Chapter seen him in a lot of other movies. Yeah, I don't He's recognize on the him from TV much. show. Oh, 22 Jump Street. Who's he playing that? The Ghost? Okay. He's got a 205 actor credits or 208. He was in Entourage. Oh, he plays in Weeds. Um, he's, I guess, he's a chef in Weeds. Yeah, I feel I like he has a lot of like him. smaller. I don't him oh, Stephen, he was in, he was in Prison Break. I think oh, that's really? what I recognize him from. Who was John Abruzzi? Yes. Okay, Stephen, Google Google this name, John 
um, a bruisey. Oh, a John Abruzzi. Yes, you remember this fucker? That's what I remember him from. He <laughs> was a lot older in Prison Break. John Abruzzi. Yeah, he was. I mean, Prison Break was filmed, you know, 20 years after. No, that that makes sense. Um, yeah, you, you, it's kind of hard to see because I'm thinking of like him in in this role and uh, his age in this role. But a uh, great show. If anyone's ever seen um, Prison Break, I'll give you a plug. Due to a political conspiracy, an innocent man is sent to death row, and his only hopes is his brother, who makes it his mission to deliberately get himself sent to prison in order to break them both out from inside. And he straight up tattoos his entire body. Yeah, as the map with the prison map with uh it's it's a disguised map on his entire body and it's a badass show another show that they kind of like gave too much it is really to good to let it run 2005 to 2017 so up until about 2000 probably 10 they had some really good shit and i think for the next seven years it was just kind of trash but it w- it went off <laughs> went off the rails but, <laughs> but really those, good yeah, I that's, mean, that show started it shows really like strong. these the reason they last so long is because those first couple seasons are fucking hard. Like it, they are really, really good. Those first seasons, you're like, holy shit, this is actually compelling. And I do like watching this. And then after a while, it's like, all right, now you're just kind of recycling old stuff. And like, we get it. You got money and you want to like make a money grab. But you know, those first, just like stranger things. I love the first season of stranger things, but like, I don't like the entire series. I haven't seen the new stranger things. Maybe I will when it's all finite. I'm just that kind of person. But right now, like I definitely know one day I'll return and just rewatch, you know, the first couple seasons of prison break first couple seasons of stranger things, just because like, it's like a movie to me, a super long movie. Uh, this guy also plays in bad boys Two. Um, which we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that eventually. I do like some of those old school movies. He's in Minority Report. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. You just got to kind of digging for it. Oh, Big Lebowski again. Yeah. Wow. He's the that. nihilist number one, Trent. Your favorite character. Oh, the nihilist. Ooh, I nihilist do nihilist number one. <laughs> Listen back. That's awesome. Five star movie. <laughs> okay, Trey, you're a little... Oh, wait a second. The Lost World Jurassic Park. He plays Dieter Stark. Now, I will say, I did text you guys recently. I, I re-watched Jurassic World. I've never seen all the Jurassic Parks. I'm sorry. I tried. I wasn't into it. However, Jurassic you World get Chris and, Pratt the, and, the, and you get, the second and the at least the... the you I put Chris Pratt in there. Steven loves it. And you put a little... Uh, put a little... Um, it's like Budget animals. That he movie. has the dinosaurs like animals in that movie, and that always and a good wholesome storyline. Steve, but also bad of like shooting animals. Dude, that that movie is really good. I, I shooting would implore, animals. Have you guys have yeah, you guys you seen like Jurassic animals. World the first one? I've seen Jurassic Park, Steve. I've seen like that's the movie. Yeah, the old school one. That's have you the guys either of you guys have seen Jurassic World? Chris Chris Pratt is I, that the is I that the I've movie? Seen, yes, I've seen. I've it. seen the I've seen the one with Chris Pratt. Yeah, and I wasn't impressed. And it's very Hollywood. It's very oh, watered like down. It? Oh, I liked it. Okay, very I thought, yeah, watered I down. Jurassic at, least Park. at least you guys saw it. Okay, if you guys saw it and you don't like it, that's fine. Um, we can move. There's too many jump. It was too many like scripted was, jump scares. Yeah, it was too Hollywood for me. I highly disagree with you um, on that, but I agree. Should, I can see. I should can we see. talk about Hooker One and Hooker Two or the Irate oh, yeah, Customer's yeah, Wife? Yeah, who, yeah. who do we need to get into? I don't have too many other actors I want to talk about. Nick, do you want to get into the hookers? 
That's kinky, bro. I mean, <laughs> don't say no. Um, is there anybody else? Maybe Gene Lundegaard or Wade, or should we just put a bow I on? I think this we're pig? good to get. Let's get busy. I think we need let's to get, get some bow. Get busy guys. like a beaver. Let's get a couple. We need busy get busy. Going. Let's get busy and fire up those segs. Segways. Hey, hey, guys! Before you go, I gotta make you some eggs, okay? Okay. All right, we're back. We've got legs. We're ready to stretch them. It's favorite scenes from the magazines. And I'm all out of fucking magazines, so I'm ready to talk about some favorite scenes. All out of fucking magazines. Better watch out. Let's talk about some scenes, all right? Nick. Nick, you pick it. You kick it. You kick it. Give me some quotes, Nick. I know you got some quotes for me. So I've got a couple favorite scenes. We already talked about the... The true coat, I just think that scene is so fucking funny. Pulls the whole car salesman thing. Let me go talk to my boss. He just, yeah, that whole scene is hilarious. Um, I just love, I also love the, let me fix you some eggs. Love that scene. Um, And then I also really like the scene with the, random guy this oh, is such I was a weird like that. side i was gonna pick the, that. the weird weird side plot of this guy calls in the middle of the night at some old friend from high school or oh, something oh that my god this Marge. is so cringy and then and then he goes to the restaurant with her and yeah it's this really awkward like kind of date meetup thing it's like clearly she's settled down and married but he's he's single now and lost his uh what ex ex-wife to leukemia or something and then uh, this isn't like th- this part alone is kind of sad. Not my favorite scene, but I love when he says, uh, he's like, Oh, so you're still, so you settle down with, uh, Norm son of a Gunnarsson, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny Norm though. Son um, of a Gunnarsson. So she calls, he calls her super late at like almost 11, I think. And she's like in bed and she wakes up super nice woman because she's like, Oh, yeah. hey there. Like, who's this? Like, well, of course I remember you. How are you? Like, she's <laughs> yeah. like, what time is it? He said, and then oh, the husband's like, arm like, 11. like comes Did I wake over. you? She's like, no. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, it's okay. It's good to hear from you. You call me. Yeah. If you call me and wake me up, I'll be like, Mike, who motherfucker? You call me this hour again. I swear to God, I won't. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, and I consider I a myself daughter. a hospital person, but I could not believe how nice she was getting woke up by this, like, guy that she was unexpected call. And then, yeah, it's weird because she goes and sees him when I guess when she's ever and she's in town for whatever. But I, what I loved about it was it, it was a Korean or Asian guy that had that North Dakota accent. I just love that. I wasn't going to say it, but I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I know it's it's like so not, funny seeing like it, it's just a person like with an ethnicity that like that that is not common to have a unique accent. I'll tell you when I was in Hawaii one time, we saw this group of um what looked like Asian people, but they had um Australian accents, and it was the craziest mm. mind blown I've ever been in my life. Like when you see what you think would be people from from Japan or something like that, Japanese people almost just having this Australian accent, you're just like, 
Oh my God, this is crazy to see. This is crazy. It's crazy. And with that, we are canceled. Um, no, <laughs> the, I, I, I get what you're saying. I think I people will understand. Uh, um, Trent, what about you? What's one of your favorite scenes? So yeah, I got a quote here. I like the scene where he calls him up on the phone, uh, that the officer, and he says. Um, he says, and then he calls me a jerk and says that the last guy who thought he was a jerk is dead now. So I don't say nothing. And he says, what do you think about that? And I say, well, that doesn't sound like a good deal for him. And then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's dead. He says, yeah, that guy's dead. And I don't mean of old age. <laughs> that whole scene, like that exchange had me dying. It was so drawn out. It was so drawn out. Because it was all like that guy had a good deal. Like I, I, I felt like that. you got in that scene. You got a really good feel for like the the culture and like the people yeah, and how they yeah. talk to each other and like it's kind of slow, you know. But you can see that conversation going on in the bar. Oh yeah, well he didn't die of old age, did he? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh sure. Yeah, oh, sure. you remember that next time you think about talking to me. He didn't die of no old age. Like I can just see you just the way they, the way, and there's something about reading out a transcript of what happened. That just makes it sound so much funnier. If you've ever heard like, uh, like almost like an older person, like read out old, uh, read out rap lyrics or something like that. It's just really funny yeah, to hear yeah. someone just reading stuff like this <laughs> out in a, in a situation like that. It's just, it makes it so much more funny when you read it out. It's almost like you can make yourself think of the actual scene and what you want there to be in the scene. Yeah. I also I love agree. this. Uh, I love that part where, um, where Norm, uh, what's it? March is like accusing him or like at his shop, like asking how the car got stolen. And he's finally like getting like super razzled. And he's like, well, heck, if if you want to play games here, I'm I'm working with you on this thing, but I uh okay, I'm to cooperate. I'll I'll do the damn lock count, okay? It's like you want to be a like, lock count. He's like, I'm working with you on this thing, but I uh I just love that. <laughs> she's she's like, you don't have to get snippy with me. I'm just doing my job here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, what was funny too is like he was such a scammer and there's like I'm I'm sure it was a little bit easier to get away with stuff like this back in the day. Yeah. But you see, he had the he had the insurance company or his finance company calling him up, asking him about. Um. The yeah. Can numbers. we talk about that? Let's yeah, talk so, about that. So this is back in the day where like, you're filling the VIN numbers. I'm thinking this is some kind of financing where they're saying we'll finance you on X amount of cars but we want to know those cars are there and we want to know their VIN numbers. And I think he was getting this financing, but he didn't have all the cars there. He only had like maybe 75% of the cars there. And then he filled in these other ones where he kind of just like, he, he like, you could see he was doing something and making it look like the printer had like messed up or the fax machine was going to mess up. And like, it, like they yeah. were going to, it was yeah. going to, it was going to look like the fax machine or the printer was messing up when in reality he was making it look like that. So they wouldn't be able to see those VIN numbers and maybe just say, 
all right, well, all these VIN numbers are good. Like, I'm sure those are good, too. Let's just keep on moving. Uh, he kind of, Steven, he, he kind of had some uh, some uncut gems vibes with how many, like, scams he was, like, involved in and running. And, like, people yes. are people are calling him. Let me tell him you guys like, a quick story. There was a quick story. I was involved in something just like this. Um, back in high school, there was this paper that um, I, I forgot to send in at a certain time. And... Uh-oh. Um, so I made this, um, you guys know I'm really good at Photoshop. So even back in the day, I, I made I this, this like screen, I made this like screenshot of like where it said like error sending, you know, the date and the time and the, and the thing. And I was like, <sighs> oh I'm so sorry. God. I thought it sent, but I guess it didn't send. Like, here's like the picture of it. And like, here's my paper. I'm sorry. That was the only time I've ever done anything like that. But I was like. Oh, you, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Wow, you little. <laughs> you could have taken that running this to to new levels. levels to yeah, Jerry you could have started charging. Listen, students I was an innovative guy. Form. Okay, I mean, you gotta you gotta give it to me. <laughs> Five teachers like yeah, you and end up uh, comparing the same photo of like yeah, I've got all these different students keep sh- turning in these screenshot of error messages. <laughs> <laughs> I was selling those motherfuckers. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I've got. I want to get in here on a few other quotes. Uh, God, Marge had so many. When she picks up the phone, she's like. Oh my, where? Yeah, ah, oh, geez. Okay, they're in a jiff. Real good oh, then. <laughs> they're in a jiff. <laughs> and then she goes, uh, "Oh, you know, I, I'm not sure. I agree with you 100 percent on your police work there, Lou." <laughs> he said, um, "He said sheep didn't tell us much, Jerry, except that you were going to be here at 7:30." Said, "Oh yeah, I'm sorry. That was a mix-up." Said, so, yeah, you already said that. <laughs> I love that little. Oh, Sheep told me eight thirty. He's like, he told me seven thirty. We've been here for an hour. Like, oh, I'm sorry, Sheep told me eight thirty. Oh, you yeah. can tell, like, in my if I'm looking at that right there, what I'm saying is, um, Jerry is fucking up in this situation. Jerry was an hour late, and now he's trying to act like. Yeah, uh, in he hindsight, just got told the wrong time, I think and the guys so. are yeah, the guys are calling him out like, "No, we know it's a." Uh, oh, I'm sorry, like I didn't know that. You could tell he was like that the entire movie. He yeah, like he's a big liar. Was that kind of oh, yeah. you know, like and, and like you said, you know, you know, you got to do what you got to do, and and he's the perfect example of um of the person you want to watch out for if there's ever a crime. If there's ever a crime done right if there's ever a missing person let's say and there's someone that i don't know doesn't want to contact the fucking police red flags <laughs> big red, red flags, flags. Right yes. there, okay oh no they only Couple deal with of red me. flags they only talk if there's someone me. so determined he, he, the, there was even one the one point where the the dad is like well like let's offer him half a million he's like no yeah. No, absolutely not. Are we going <laughs> to offer him half a million? Because he was like, he says, uh, he, he pretty much knows there's a million that he this can get. This is my deal. It's like, yeah, he said that. He said that. This I is thought that my was about deal. to give this him away. This is my wife. He said, this is my deal. He said, this yeah. is my wife. We're doing it. We're doing it. And then I remember when he said the son, too, and it was so horrible when he was talking to the son, he pretty much like, all right, so like, if people call, you're going to tell them that your mother is like out with like her aunt like in this other city and i'm like red flags everywhere man like stop throwing up so many fucking red flags like this is crazy at this point like he's just asking to get caught and then you even see he's about to do the phone call to um her dad and like he only gives about oh yeah he he gives he gives like 
he gives like 15 seconds of half-ass rehearsals and like oh yeah i got it like let's go and make this make this phone call and but nowadays a- dude they analyze those phone calls like crazy there's like yeah. sites that specifically analyze those initial first phone calls from a crime scene and oh, it's gotten cool. people arrested. He was I mean, it's, 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 Steven. He was a terrible. The things that people say. He was a terrible liar, though. Like the uh, when she came to his shop to ask him, like he could not have looked more guilty. And she looked like she was like yeah. reading him like a book. Um, and I guess he ended up getting caught, and she ended up solving. No, the case I don't think before, she was but... reading him like a book. In fact, I think she she was. I think the whole movie they wanted to make her come off as that person that was like. She was going to trust you until you gave her a reason not to trust well, you. Well, it seemed pretty untrustworthy. So she was going to walk in that when... office and sit down and say, hey, like, any cars off the lot? And he goes, no. And then she goes, um, okay. Well, like, all right, no problem. It was, Thank no, you. Stephen, and it then, was the second he, time you... she came back. The second time no, she came back, so the she second, was The second was time she sus. comes back in and she's like, you know, like, I'm just thinking, like, like when, when – and, and she was just – all she wanted to know was, like, when was the last time you did inventory? And, like, can you give me an accurate description as of right now if this was a thing? Just so I can confidently check this off my list because it, it came from this lot. The number was called, came from here. I'm linking it up with here. Um, I would be super surprised if it came from anywhere else, this brand new car. So she was smart enough to know. Uh, let me just go talk one more and just and double check. And you could tell, like, yeah, um, I agree, I agree with she, all that. She, all she was asking was like, when was the last time you did inventory? And he was like, well, like, like you want me to go do it right now? Like, I guess I'll go do it right now. And you could tell that um, she was just pretty much like she wanted that reassurance. And I think all he had to do was pretty much be like, yeah, I mean, we do this stuff every morning. I, I double check that we have our full inventory every morning. We have 38 cars here. I check. I count every morning 38 cars. But instead, he was pretty much just like, well, well I'm I, I, you know, he wasn't right. expecting that's, it. That's, that's the thing. Like he Steven, just, that's why I'm he saying just, he was um, super suspicious in that moment when uh, when when he couldn't answer her questions and he just kept stuttering and just making excuses. And I felt like she was looking at him like she was like kind of reading him, like she could tell something was like fishy, like something was off. Mm. Yeah. But by the end of it, yeah, for by sure. The no, by the it, second the time, beginning. when he was freaking out like that, uh, she could definitely tell. And that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. At that point, she gave he gave her a reason not to trust him and yeah. to think there was something up. And then when you start acting, when you start acting like that um, to someone really defensively for, out of nowhere, I mean, like it throws up red flags. And anyone totally. that has normal conversations with anyone during the day will immediately say. Why are you acting like this? Especially, that's why it's so funny when you watch those CSI shows and everything like that. And, like, there's, like, the cop, the agents pull up to someone working and the guy just continues to work, like, unloading boxes or something like that. It's like, if you ever, if any, if any respectable person had a police officer in front of them, you're giving your undivided attention to the police officer. You're not, like, continuing to do your job and trying to answer questions from a homicide detective like you're going to stop doing work and you're going to look them and you're going to do you're going to give any any help they need if they want you to right. do an inventory check be like yeah we did one this morning but like let me check you know like let me double check you know Steven, maybe that's, I what, you, that's what you should do that's what you should do not everybody and that's does what, that and that's why i think cops know that kind of stuff like if you try to like you know 
even even she might just say it once and then he might say yeah but she she probably maybe she knew that she was going to come back and ask him again and press him again maybe she knew that already she's like you know what i asked him i'm gonna do some more investigating if i don't come up with anything else i'm just gonna come right up and ask ask him and that's just good investigating Trent, what another was, uh, good scene i wanted scenes, yeah um Another good scene that I wanted to bring up was that last scene because I think it's like an underrated scene was with her and the because it's like the two polar opposite characters almost and the and she catches him uh, I forget his name and he's in in the backseat of the cop car because she uh, is gonna take him to prison um, and she's just like she's just like don't you know like what are you doing back there like I guess that's your accomplice in the wood chipper you know like and it's a beautiful day like I can't but like you know how how much of an yeah, Trent, the fact that, that you are looking a great at detail that scene is so weird because I like that scene a lot. That was um, that was the second guy, right? The second quiet guy, right? The quiet and guy who, who's like, and who did he end up killing and putting that wood chipper again? Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Oh, it was Steve Buscemi. Okay, yeah. I forgot. I forgot about. That. Oh yeah, he comes she's out. Like, in the last she's like, she's like, there's and She's like, there's more to life than than a little money, you know. Like, and here you are, and it's a beautiful day. I just don't understand it. Like, she doesn't, she just comes from a totally different world. And, and you know he's what's funny? like in his own, like, crime well, world. What's funny, I, too, is the whole argument started because Steve Buscemi comes in and gives him his money, and then he says, um, and it wasn't even all of his money because then he take the money out of the briefcase. All right, so let me, let me explain this. Let me explain this. So he, they ended up getting, because I, I didn't catch this when I watched it until I researched it, but, um, the 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 dad of the the kidnapped wife ended up giving him bringing a million dollars there and mm -hmm. they were only supposed to be get eighty thousand dollars in the deal so what he did was he took eighty thousand dollars from the briefcase buried the uh -huh. other nine hundred and twenty thousand or whatever it was and then was like hey i got her eighty thousand and was going to go to split it but th the part i didn't understand is like you already know this guy's a little bit unhinged. The other, the other like really quiet guy, and you're yeah. you have nine hundred thousand, you have nine hundred thousand dollars of of um of money that's buried, Cash. and you're you're worried about like a car. You're like battling with him over this car, and at that point it's just yeah. greed. But it's like if I was in that situation, I'd be like, okay, you want the forty grand and the car? Fine, take it. But I don't know if it's like a pride thing or like he doesn't want to look like a bitch. It's a pride like, thing. It's like he was just stepping so pissed. down. But it's like you got to know this guy. So this guy would kill anybody on the drop of a dime. And the fact that you're screwing him right now, obviously he would screw you too. Um, so I I don't know. I've just been like, here's your forty grand. Yeah, take the car. I'll see you later. I got nine hundred thousand yeah. dollars. You know what's so funny is like how we see we see it in country, No Country for Old Men, and I'm sure there's so many other examples of like. Where these these n more nonviolent people get involved with these really violent people, and there's a lot of money involved, and like the violent people just kill everyone and take the money for themselves. <laughs> like right. there's two there's two parties yeah. that bring these violent people in to like fight for them, and then the violent people are just saying "fuck all of you," we're gonna kill all of you, and we're just gonna take this money you're fighting over. That's how we're yeah, gonna do it. Yeah, that's typical crime and even that it's like they already got the money like you're right they already got the money they they came in better and then all he's saying is yeah i'm taking the uh he's like he's like here's my tr you can have the keys of my truck i'm gonna take the car he's like no we split that which in a fair world yeah they're they, they, they split would, the car they would yeah. split that if you brought that to a lawyer and it was a it was a you know a, 
a, right. a legal mitigator that was, you know, like a under the water, like in, you know, Breaking Bad. Better call I do, Saul I do, um, I do want to ask you guys. So, since this is the second movie, I kind of saw some of these murders coming up, but the movie starts so lighthearted and fun, and, you know, we all talk so great and, you know, are like friendly. And then when the cop gets shot in the car, that's like the first scene where you're like, Oh shit, this movie's getting real. Yeah. Did yeah. that did that scene have like a little bit of a shock factor for you guys when he when he just yeah, domes I think a little the cop bit. right there? I remember um because I was watching it with Lauren and sh- and we both I she definitely was like, Oh my god. Especially <laughs> like, when he pulls around to like, go kill the other car. That's when you know like, holy shit, these yeah, guys are shit's not going down. around. Yeah. The thing about it too yeah. is like I couldn't believe that it's dark. He's like, oh, I'm getting pulled over. Oh, I forgot to put my my temporary plates back there. Tags. Like, what the yeah. fuck? You, yeah. You've got a fucking woman in the back of your car and you forgot your temporary plates? Like, are you fucking yeah, but they're stupid. Yes, yeah. they're stupid. I know, dude. but it's like it's like that's that's why you can see that this this is not a true story because you it would they would be, they should be getting pulled over for something more realistic. Maybe like their tail light went out or something like that. Than like not having tags on a brand new car that you get. And you've got someone in the back. It's just like, and but they're also degenerates. The like drive around to, with stuff like that. That like you know, that Stephen. I think it happens all the time. It is it is believable because stupid people do stupid crime all the time. To not put tags on the back after a kidnapping, I wouldn't be surprised. I guarantee it's happened because they could have been like drunk no, or sure, high or I'm like sure just it sloppy. It's just it's just like that alone will get you pulled over immediately. If any cop is behind you and sees you with no tags. They're going to pull yeah. you over. I think any any semi-intelligent person will know that. And then it's like to be doing stuff in a car where you're just riding around with an open invitation. It's just like not having brake lights. That and not having a tag are like pretty much probably the easiest ways to get pulled over besides not having like, you know, headlights, things like that going. Oh, yeah. They were not the brightest bulbs, you know, with their hookers and whatnot. Um <laughs> No, I know, but I do. He's love, a funny like looking said, guy. Those, yeah, those I don't know. Scenes yeah, where, just a funny where they're going, and then you really got the tone of the movie when the woman, the woman cop is out there, you know, looking at all these dead bodies and just sort of still talking like in a nicer, you know, happy. Um, this just it's it's almost like a satire. I loved yeah. her. I thought she was so good. She was she was a fantastic addition oh, to this movie. Yeah, yeah, Marge. Mm. She did. Marge she doesn't just come in. Like she doesn't come into good the, energy. What's What's crazy is the movie. You know, looking back on the movie, she's such a big part of it, and she doesn't even come into the movie um, for a little bit. Like at least like thirty minutes like, in the movie. Like I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I love. Yeah. Like a third into it. I love roles like that that are so positive for women. Because it, you can see she's like the sheriff of the town. Like she's the and top she's pregnant. And, and she's, she's pregnant, pregnant doing this. Yeah. Exactly. She's out there like doing this stuff that is like hardcore enough for a man. But she's out there pregnant doing these same exact things. And she's also investigating. She's actually out there actively. And there's the you see the, the man that's with her is sitting over on the side of the road holding his coffee. Like, oh, yeah. Like, what do you yeah. think about that? Like, I'm sure he's I'm sure he took a look at it. But like. You can tell she's down there on her hands and knees 
looking around, looking looking at the defensive wounds yeah. and looking at, oh, looks like there's a couple of tracks here. It looks like there's two she guys. Like, good, she's dude. down she there doing some serious investigating. She was just a badass the whole movie. And like she was also really nice through the whole movie. You don't have to be like a badass and be an asshole, you know, like John Wick or anything. Like, come out here. You be no, nice. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. No, it All was right. just so funny. It kind of, it's just, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like she was really able to like disconnect when like from this job where you would think like, like I've thought about like being in the military or being a police officer and like being in a job where it, you kind of put your life on the line and you walk around with a gun because it's possible you get shot. And it's like to think about like going home every night after scene dude, like a I homicide was, scene like how do you go home and like cuddle yeah. up with your significant other and like watch some tv when like you saw three dead people two like three innocent a cop she saw a dead cop a dead trooper like how does that not scare the shit out of you yeah and like it's like it, th- that's why the movie i feel like is so satire and like funny is because like i feel like in in reality it would not have gone like that in any way as far well, as like I saw, the way they talk to each other and stuff like, i saw another it would um, be like I, sorry i saw another description of the movie that said it was called a black comedy so that i guess that would be like a dark kind of comedy um which i could see but i, I did want to kind of tie a bow on the steve Buscemi thing or like how the tags thing and they were sloppy it's interesting that was they were kind of so sloppy with the tags but they they seemed very professional in the fact that they didn't leave like a trace because the reason they always killed those like innocent bystanders is they didn't want anyone to have seen their face you know so when mm-hmm. yeah they're carrying the cop off the road and then that car comes by and clearly sees their face they're like okay i got to go kill these people and the same thing mm-hmm. happens when he's fleeing the scene after he kills the the dad and um the mm-hmm. toll the toll guy sees him and then he kills him too so it's kind of interesting that we're like the sloppy with the tags but they were like really professional about like not leaving a trace yeah and i also easier back in the day i I also uh was really concerned at the end that they were gonna kill marge like she got her gun out Mm. and i was like oh thank god she's got a gun and then she like pulls up to the place and i was just worried the whole time they were gonna kill her and her baby you know like um, her being pregnant and stuff, I was just like, please don't end the movie I'll, like that. So yeah. the fact, that, and you know, and you Nick, some country full men it shit would be a dark ending. You know, at the end. You know, it was another yeah. um, <laughs> another scene that was kind of like a dark comedy scene is when she's getting kidnapped, and she makes it look like she jumps out of the window, and the whole time she's like in the shower and yeah, like yeah, freaks yeah. out, jumps out of the shower, the shower gets around, shower curtain gets around her face and then she knocks herself out by falling down the stairs. And it's kind of this scene where it's like, they're just showing her like panicking and freaking out and they're just like standing there like watching her, just like not even entertained. Yeah. And that that scene like you wanna laugh at, but you're like, this is kind of fucked up that I'm laughing about this woman being kidnapped right now. You know, like <laughs> it's it's funny. You know, like, should I, should I be laughing about, about this? Scene is- when they finally get in the bathroom, that second guy opens up the mirror and just starts like oh, yeah. slowly looking like for? looking through everything and knocking everything off the shelf. What it's like any kind of organized order in life is just not right for him. And he, like, if he sees it, like not only is he going to like look through it, but like he's going to slowly knock everything off as he looks through it 
just to ruin it, you know? And then yeah, that was an interesting yeah, it was scene. Weird because I, thought, I wasn't sure if he was like, looking for instead pills. Instead of like looking for the woman, he's like focused on that for a minute. And then yeah, she mm-hmm. comes out of the shower and freaks Steven, out. Steven, did but, you um, also notice that scene where he's in the car and they're driving off and he's smoking his cigarette and the fucking ash on his cigarette is so long, it looks like it's about to fall on him. And I had a moment where I was like, <laughs> is that a is that a sign of how psychotic he is that he wouldn't even care if just like a four inch long ash just fell on his lap you know exactly and then yeah that's exa- no he wouldn't like i thought he was even creepier I think that's exactly because of what that. it's saying i think that's exactly yeah. what it's saying it's that kind of person that like and you saw he he smoked in the car and he didn't he, he never rolled the window down the guy was yeah. like yeah like, roll the window down and like he was just one of those people that was like i'm gonna do everything exactly how you don't want me to do it like, <laughs> yeah exactly but An i asshole. will say before i forget that um I mean, especially nowadays, but I think even back in the late 80s, early 90s, in a situation like this in a small town where there's a small police force and there's like a big homicide investigation like this, I feel like nine times out of ten, even for back then, you would be bringing outside government officials in, state officials in, like people high-end fbi state bureau coming in and checking stuff out it's they're not going to leave it even there's even towns today that just aren't equipped to handle like big homicide investigations like they're not used to that kind of stuff so especially back in the day when you don't have anything and you don't like just like no country for old men it's almost easier to get away especially if you're on the move because there's just not a lot of technology that can get information around quickly and then yeah (laughs) Even if you do capture the guy, it's like, can you really uh, accurately trace him to these other crimes and let, until we all get this information data and then everyone has their information and data in different areas. You can't, you don't, it's not like one system that it's all on. So it's one of you those know things what, um, where it's like, I think, uh, I, I don't think it would just be her investigating it in real life. I think yeah, in real life, it would have been her. They would have reported it, and then a bunch of state officials would have come in and been a part of the process. And she would have helped, but it would have mainly been like state officials are like, you answered us now. We're figuring this out. Another interesting like similarity between this and No Country for Old Men, too, is like in the way that she is kind of growing older and having a kid, and she's like really sweet and hospitable and all that. And she's like, why are you doing all this crime and stuff? Like, she's the polar opposite of, of all this crime that's going on. And it's kind of the same way in No Country for Old Men when he's, like, getting old and, like, to the peak of his life and he's, like, retiring. And he's, like, this crime is just out of control. Like, it's too intense for, for me and I can't stop it kind of thing. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both, like, aging in their police careers and seeing this, like, high degree of, like, yeah, crime yeah. that they don't understand. Yeah, I can see that. I see what you mean with that comparison. That's why I was a little disconnected because like you see the true story and then you see all this comedy satire and then it's like, it makes sense that it's not a true story. Now that, now that I look about look at it and talk about it more and knowing true crime, the way I know it, there are similarities. Like Trent said, there are people that are that stupid and that do get caught like that. And that are just stupid, super dumb. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the people would have gone about it way differently in an actual, like, crime. But it is an interesting movie in that, like, it's probably one of the only movies of its kind, maybe, that's like that. In what way? Uh, 
In what ways? Like I, don't I can't think of any. A unique movie that's just like that's like a. Like what you know, way specifically? Trying to make it seem like a real crime, but kind of like satire it, almost like um, I guess I'm you sure could make you know, Inglorious Bastards, kind of like yeah. it, like it was. They were trying to make it seem like yeah, yeah, for it's sure. not real, but like it, you could it could have been real, and we're gonna make it seem funny, but like we're gonna kill a bunch of people, and there's like it could have been real Nazi Germany, but you know this is a fake a fake story version of it i think inglorious bastards is a good comp i feel like they're fairly similar in that way um but yeah do you guys have any other scenes or should we hop into the reviews let's hop into reviews nick i think you're um you're gonna kick us off here i sure am i sure am all right so i came into the day teetering on my review um it's definitely not the highest rated movie i'll ever do or any like high up there staple, you know, pinnacle Mount Rushmore type movies. But, um, I will say the second time I saw it, knowing the twists and turns, um, that it was a little bit slower the second time I watched it. Cause I kind of knew what was going on. I was still laughing a lot at some of the scenes and I forgot how funny the car sales scene was. in some of these scenes, um, but I will say, like, the the shock of, like, some of the murders and stuff did surprise me. I did forget that, like, they go back and kill the, you know, the people who over oversee the, like, murder. Like, some of that stuff, I was still like, holy shit, that I forgot how, like, dark this movie can get. Um, but it did, it was a little slow at times. Um, so I'm teetering between, like, a 3.5 and a 4. But... I think I'm going to go four. I think I'm going to try to remember the first time I saw this movie and I did, I did view it in the four range, but like Steven said, you know, he, he likes to talk about how often he would watch a movie. And I am curious how often I do have a feeling Steven would watch this a little bit more than uh, another movie just because of the accents. Well, let me kick loves it off. Accents, let me but... kick it off next, but because I do agree, I think that we should judge a movie for the first time we watch it. Because okay, there's always going to be a, a, diminish, a depreciating it. value with a movie, I feel. <laughs> and it might not, but I feel like there's maybe some movie. I mean, maybe there is an argument to be made that some movies can get better the more you watch them. But I think some yeah. movies, like, especially I like John in Cat this Gems vein, better the where second it's like time. not a comedy, it's like more of a drama. I mean, it is a comedy, but I feel like it's one of those movies that you, it can be really, really good the first time you watch it and then slowly come down. Maybe it's never going to get bad, but it's not going to be as good the first time you watch it. Like as a lot of movies that I've watched and, you know, you know, watched again and again, but uh, very few that I think can like appreciate and get better as you watch mm-hmm. them. Cause, and I, so I try to personally now rate a movie on the very first time I watch it not the second or third, because you know, you know when this stuff is coming. You're not surprised by it. It doesn't give you that emotional as as much motion. Right. Um, same with me and um no race uh racing in the rain. It was like the first time you watch it, you're so emotionally invested in it, and then it's like not a movie you want to watch all the time. But from you know for the first time you watch that movie is what you got to judge it on. This movie I think was great. It's a good movie. Mm. Very Nick esque. You want to you want to. Some mental dark. health and some psychological thriller and some <laughs> maybe a little North Dakota comedy in there. Throw it up for Nick out there in Denver. 
You know, good movie. Um, I I will. I've always heard of this movie. I never knew what it was about, and when I saw the uh, the trailer for, it, I read it, and I'm like, oh, interesting, like a true crime movie. And then I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, it's gonna be like a comedy movie. Like I can see this is gonna be like a comedy. Yeah. The trailer. You see the tra- trailer gives you, you no idea. Story. Yeah. Well, the trailer lets you know it's gonna be a comedy, and it's gonna be are based around this but you're like all right it's going to be laughable whatever we go through and there's a lot of parts that in this movie that just aren't laughable like when the when the people are dying the innocent people especially the scene it's so creepy for me when after they after they kill the cop and there's that car that drives by and sees them and then they start racing away and then the guy gets in the car and races away mm-hmm. and then you see those people just slide off the road and flip the car and crash like and then one of them just has the the sense to just run as fast as he can and the other kid in the car is just like frozen in space, can't even do anything. Maybe is injured or pinned or whatever, but like is just sitting there waiting to die pretty much. And it's like, it sucks. Yeah. That's dark. Stuff like that happens so fast. I feel like you, you like imagine like seeing something like that happen. Like, I'm, are you, we talk about we did Wiggly Road and I don't know if we should get into that. No, but Wiggly Road not. is where right, we did a prank on people is. where we thought we came across a guy in a body. And it's like, in the in a situation like that, like it could probably just be over so quickly. You don't even know really what happened. Like it could all happen. It, that that whole scene probably happened like within three minutes of each other. You know, when they when they saw the uh, when they saw the guy. Steve, but I'll no go ahead. And, um, I think the acting was good. I liked the um, North Dakota, the the South of the North. You know, the, <laughs> as I say. They're, they have the accent, and they have the hospitality. They're really, really nice. They're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. They're going to ask you how the kids are. They're not going to just, you know, it's almost like in a culture. I love in a culture like that. It's almost just like rude if you're just going to get right to the point. It's like you want to have that like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, you've been all right. Like, how you doing? Before you, like, start talking about what you actually need to start talking about. Even like when they're at the crime scene, so I loved all that. All that was really funny to me. The North Dakota accents, um, the true crime part of it was very interesting. And I'm always dissecting if, if I think this could be real and what I think could be different. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna give it. I don't know. I haven't thought about it until just now. Take a sip of that brew and just just let it we'll take a let sip it flow. Of this brew. Keep let keep it flow. Keep thinking. Filibuster for a minute. It's definitely better than a three. I think it's definitely better than a three five. I don't know. I think it might be up there at a four. I don't know. It's definitely. I think it's between a three five and a four. Wow. Mm. But it's weird. It's like that three five. It's high for Steven. You do, it's it's the three five is a weird number, you know. It, we, it can be a three. A three five can be insulting, or it could be like, yeah, I kind of liked it. That's true. It depends on which way you're tilting. I think if you're tilting on a three, it's like insulting. But if you're tilting yeah. on a four, it's like That's wow. High praise. Four is high praise. It's a high bar. Give I us your think gut. I'm gonna go. What's he gonna do? Audience chat's going crazy right now. Millions oh, of people. Do a three point seven five on this one. I don't know. No, <laughs> no, dude. We're not changing it this week for you. I think I'm gonna go with a four star movie. It's it's unique in that aspect where I think it deserves. It's uh, pretty a four. unique, New York. 
unique New that is York. unique New York and I think it's just a it's just a, a, a different take on movies and Nick you have these interesting movies that you pick that I like it's sort Thank of you. outside the box of what uh, normal movies sort of go by and especially this one being sort of a satire but Trent what do you got for us okay yes I'm gonna come in here third and I will say I don't I'm going to be a little different this week. I don't understand personally why this one is such... It almost seems like a cult classic of of sorts. It kind of is. Because it kind of is, right? I don't understand why. It just seems like another movie that's like a crime movie with, with some benefits of it being like a little more interesting, I will say, than just like a just a regular old movie but to put it in like cult classic status i i don't fully see why like i do see the points you guys are making with your reviews and that it's got like a cool different vibe and i guess a satire crime you don't see very many of these so i mean it's got points for me there i just don't i didn't like i, I kind of with what you were saying nick like it didn't draw me in it was a little mm-hmm. slow yeah. to like go the whole time um it was an hour and a half which i thought was pretty interesting and nice because usually uh, movie likes movies like this are two hours, but it was good. It was pretty good in terms of like my favorite part was Marge and and her being like the protagonist and getting through the towards the end of the movie and killing uh, the bad guy. I thought I did like how the movie ended and and stuff. It was some of like the in between parts that didn't hold my attention a ton, yeah. but some of the crime was interesting, like the scene with the cop and then the and then the car chase scene and then the detective work with Marge. And then her figuring the stuff out with, um, it, it, is it Gene? Is that the main guy, the main asshole guy? His character drive, drove me crazy. The guy from Shameless. Oh right. Oh Jerry, um, Jerry. He drove Jerry, you crazy. He was. He drove me fucking insane because he's such an asshole. Like trying to darn appear as though like he's like a good guy. It's like the yeah. quintessential asshole. Not even like playing an asshole. He's you know, just like it's, playing it's like funny because it's like it it's hard for me to not like his character because of how like nice his accent sounds. It's almost this false it's almost this false like um shield yeah. over him, you know, where it's like he can do no wrong because he sounds so nice and like innocent with his accent. He could be like a yeah, serial yeah. killer and talk like that, and I'd still want to grab breakfast with him. You know, it's just. <laughs> well, Nick, I could call you a bitch in a nice accent, but I'm still calling you a bitch. <laughs> As I'm saying, I'd it's still, like, it's I'd like, still a... like to get a beer with you. I don't know. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's like well, it's like a, accents have an effect. Like British people sound smart sometimes because just because they have a British yeah. accent. But yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. He just he drove me crazy throughout the movie, but it did have. I, I almost like want to be contrarian towards this movie for the sake of being like opposite or something i do think it's pretty good but for some reason i i don't i don't love it trends like review I think, is now turning a little political like you guys here. do trends trends uh, strategically <laughs> contrarian here. i just don't i think i just personally don't like this we movie as much Steve but i can i, I can respect that it in the back of our minds down. <laughs> but I can respect, I will say, I respect your reviews and, and giving it higher reviews. But for me, I didn't I didn't like this movie as much. Um, it's just a feeling I'm getting. So I'm going to go, I'm closer to 353 three on this one. 
and I'm oh, probably gonna go three. disrespectful. Three. We talked okay. about this. If, if Trent, three. if Trent was gonna dip into the two oh, five he's range, going three. That's that's where Trent, I expected. Listen, we're never gonna get on the same page as you. I just I've come to realize that. I thought Nick, he, I thought he was <laughs> you and me now. I thought he'd at least come into the three five range, but I was gonna say if he dipped into twos, I'd say that's that's a little disrespectful. But I will say, no, there no, is no. there is times where it's a little bit slow, and I will say it's it's almost like the first time I watched Pulp Fiction. I was like, I mean, it's good, but this is this is what everyone's losing their mind about, like this movie. You know, like some of these cult classics, even The Big Lebowski. The first yeah. time I saw that movie, I was like, I mean, it's good, but I don't. I don't see why people are hanging Nick, movie posters Trent in the room about this. would have liked this movie a little bit more if there was a gimp. There was no <laughs> gimp. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason I like Pulp Fiction. You no, caught But me. you know what's funny? I will say, Trent, um, I think because you do like movies like Nocturnal Animals where it's, like, it's pretty much this kind of movie but with no comedy. Yeah, dark kidnapping. And what's going on here? I think this movie I like because it's got that comedy um, relief to yeah. it the entire time. It's like you I are that flooded with this steamy. really, really heavy information, but it's like it's got this comedy relief and this lovingness and all that. And I think that's what, uh, yeah, that what probably gets a lot of people, and that's why it's like kind of lasted. And um, I'm glad I watched it because it was – and can we also talk about when he says um, – when he says you should have seen the other guy, is that where that saying comes from? Is this the movie? I doubt uh, it. I feel I like that's know. probably it. He comes in with a Old shot saying. on his face and he says you should have seen the other guy. Maybe that's – I'd be shocked. Not. I don't know. I would be shocked because that seems like a an old old adage. Maybe. I'd be shocked at that too. I kind of doubt that. Maybe it's from somewhere else. But um, I do think that um, – yeah, it is an interesting movie because – it's just unique in its its own way. It's just a very unique movie that I don't think you see too many movies where you go into like a hardcore realistic crime, but you have that comedy take on it. And not only that, but like a comedy that's actually funny. And I think that whole North yeah. Dakota culture, if they're, if that's really how it's depicted in the movie, I mean, I don't know, but it's just funny to have it like mixed in with that, you know, the real hardcore stuff. Yeah. I think for me, again, it, it, yes. was, it was really the shock factor when I first saw it. Because when you don't really know, like you said, you watch the trailer and it just seems like a comedy. And you start watching the movie and you're like, oh, this is fun. You know, this is a good comedy. I love the accent. This is something unique, different. And then that scene happens where, you know, the triple homicide and you're like, holy shit, this movie is actually pretty dark. And then, yeah, you kind of go down this rabbit hole. And, and I thought the plot, like, while a kidnapping isn't super unique, I thought it was kind of an interesting plot, almost similar to Breaking Bad, like this unassuming guy goes into, into selling meth and making meth, almost like this unassuming car salesman comes up with this elaborate plan to host this kidnapping of his wife and, like, the money involved in it I thought was really interesting. And uh, we didn't even talk about it, too, but I thought that scene was kind of interesting, too, where he's like trying to negotiate that deal with his father-in-law and they're like, Jerry, you thought like you were just going to get this deal with like no, no money at the table. Like we're paying you a finder. <laughs> we're paying you a finder's fee. Let's talk about that. Real yeah. Quick. I, I know you like that scene, that scene real quick. Because, um, it just goes to show his personality. Like that yeah. is his personality right there. He thinks he's going to come in there 
give this to an essentially an investment company, which is or what is that? What his father-in-law is, and they're not going to. Um, they're not going to do anything. He, they're just going to like give it to him and like take an interest payment on it. They're like, no, this is ours. And it's so funny because they super they they switch so far, so fast from. Do you want a finder's fee to um? We're gonna move on this independently. Yeah, like, like fuck so you, fast. Dude, yeah, yeah. Like now that we th- now that we know your mindset, we're just gonna move on it independently. And I love that he did that. I just love that. Yeah. It's and it's like it shows that entitled society people in today's society are they just think they're so entitled. <laughs> it's not yours. You don't you don't just get it. Right. Okay. So well, the, the fact that it was like, wasn't it that. like a, it was a several hundred thousand dollar investment. I think it was for a he parking lot. We're not lot. a bank. I think it was so for a parking a lot. Yeah. And then I, know. I thought that was great. Maybe he showed up with these numbers and he was like, this is how much this parking lot would like make you guys and all this. And then, yeah, he just no, assumed he, he'd show he, up. The numbers were real. He actually had a good investment. But the thing was, is right. he didn't have any, like, he, he wasn't any, the one coming up. He didn't have up. any capital. He wasn't he going to the bank to and down. pulling out a, a, a million-dollar loan in his name and right. then doing the deal. He yeah. was going to his father-in-law that had the access to the money and was going to do the deal. And in his father-in-law's mind, is like, if I'm going to put up a million dollars, I'm going to profit off of a million dollars. Like, And I think he said at one point 10% um, uh, is, a, is a normal finder fee. And I was thinking, holy shit, dude, 10% on a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar deal, like in 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 the eighties. That's still pretty. Like, that's good. great. That's like that's great. Good. You can you can you can roll that into an entire company or a couple different ones that might be successful. And now you just screwed yourself out of even ten percent. Um, I'm on the same page, Stephen. I am curious. Does somebody have a leak peek ready? Trent should. Is it is it my turn? I was just I was oh, just here we go. Giuseppe D on the line. Trent didn't show up Giuseppe with his homework. D been put on the Trent's spot gonna send here. a screenshot of his computer error. Nah, bruh. I got I got a pick. I got a. I pick. see you scrambling. I just oh Trent. He's looking over his list. I got a pick. He's looking over his list. No, I've got a pick. All right, let's hear it. I've got two movies I'm between. While I you just think don't... about that pick, can we talk about how we never agree on movies, Trent? You never like our movies, <laughs> and we never, we never there. I, I know. Like see, I'm gonna pick one. Stephen, I, I like it. Stephen, I have way more. Like, there's, there's. I either fucking hate Steven's movies or I really like them. There's <laughs> very rarely like an in between. Like they're no, either man. absolute and dog now shit I'm that like I want to Ben Stiller off Nick because I just realized Trent, I have no idea. You are I think I I think I pick a movie that you're going to like and it's just nowhere even close. Trent's a tough cookie. There has actually I think I've but picked a movie Nick that Trent's liked more, more than some more than I can base, but I will say that I think it is important for us to just choose the movies we love. That's all you can choose. I know, the yeah. You like. Just the somebody you is like. bound. Somebody here is bound to like at least a little bit of the movie, or both of you, both of the other two people could fucking. Because haven't the movie. you ever been in a situation where like you're like talking and and then like someone brings up like you know the topic of <laughs> something and then like you have that idea in your mind that you you like oh man like these probably guys aren't probably gonna like that movie and then someone else says it and everyone's like oh my god yeah that is so great and you're like oh man like. It's like it's like it, you, I like to take these shots because like they're not all gonna hit target, but like when they do hit target, it's gonna really hit target. 
Well, and I, right, I, you guys are convincing me on on this pick. Well, and Stephen, the reason Wait. I also keep track of how many movies you haven't seen is there's something gratifying about showing one of the other co-hosts a movie that they haven't seen and then they do like it and like you said it hits and you're like fuck yeah i knew you would like that movie and i knew you hadn't seen it um and i went into this movie with that same thing i was like when i was watching it, i was like steven's gonna fucking love he's gonna eat this north dakota shit up and he's and he's gonna be saying it on the podcast the whole time and sure enough <laughs> steven loved the north dakota and he's been saying it on the pod so <laughs> Um, no, sure, and, and I, I think it's kind of because I because sometimes I'm like oh sometimes I feel like I'm picking like even like an uncut gems last week I was like I, Nick I thought you were gonna like that movie more but it is interesting to see where you guys stand with these movies and we're yeah. so similar but we also just there's movies are just very unique in the way they hit and there's also so many out there that well there's also there's like so there's flaws in all of our own logics like. I I like this movie for the same reasons yeah. I didn't I didn't like Inglorious Bastards. Like I've I've been so hip, like everyone's been so hypocritical. Where it's like I like this genre or type of movie, but you show me this other movie that's exactly like it, and I'll find a reason not to like it for something completely else. Like I didn't like about Inglorious Bastards. I was like I don't get this comedy with this this murder shit, and then I watch this movie and I'm like I really like this comedy with this murder shit. <laughs> What's not to get about a Rivaderci in a Southern accent? I, mean, come on. I just couldn't do. I couldn't. I could not do Brad Pitt in that movie. But anyways, I, I am. I am eager Beaver to hear Trent's pick here. Yeah, yeah. So you guys, the dialogue really helped me solidify this pick. I think because I, I, I do just want to pick a movie that I don't know if you guys have seen this one. You might have. You, you've probably heard of it, but um, it's a comedy. And I'm just going to go out there because I don't know if you guys are going to like it, to be honest. But I think it's funny. Okay. And so I'm going to pick it and pick it. just say fuck it. Because you guys might like some stuff about it. We might Ben Stiller it. It it's fine. is Movie 43. Movie 43. Do I know this movie? Never heard of it. Do you guys remember this? I'm Googling it. It's got a lot of big stars. Don't look at the Rotten Tomatoes, though. I will say they <laughs> shit all over this movie. <laughs> I think Rotten Tomatoes gave it a, let me see here, uh, <laughs> a 4%, a 4%. On Rotten <laughs> wait, 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 that's lower than, um, that might be a record, a 9%, no? Trent, that might don't be let a that record, deter you. hold on, let me look up a Grind, a series of interconnected short films follows grind. a washed up producer wait, no. as he pitches and sings. Grind was 8% and this was, yeah, 4%. <laughs> So Grind was twice as good as this movie. Real quick, a series of interconnected short films follows up follows a washed up producer as he pitches. But look how many stars! It's got McLovin. Look at the stars: McLovin and Hugh Jackman. I mean, I fuck with this cast. It's got Emma Stone. It's got Emma Stone. It's got a bunch of big time actors all right well i'm curious to see why i got four percent around tomatoes but we'll we'll give it a gander big actors in this movie give it a gander. it reminds me of that like end of the world uh movie with um what's that end of the world movie steven that you watched that has all those big name actors um oh this is the end this is the end this is the end it kind of looks like that yeah yeah 
Wait, so have either of you seen it? I have not. Um, have you no, seen I've it? never seen think. it, and I've never Steven heard of it. Steven is so and I'm skeptical. I'm not going to lie. After I Look heard the 4% on Steve. Rotten Tomatoes, I am <laughs> Steven not, is so skeptical. I am not exactly excited <laughs> for it. But, you know, that's that's par for the course, guys. This is just what we do. It Every might change week, your mind. It might, it might change your mind. Different reviews, hypocritical critics. Follow us Steven, on the go Instagram. Go into it with an open mind. Open mind. Okay? I will. I ask. will. We're gonna go into an okay. open mind on this one, okay? I always <laughs> do. Trent, I'm always Good. very open-minded with your movies, okay? Say Please do. It's a, it's a team build all pick. I mean, it's a team build all. Everyone, right. follow us on the Instagram at hypocritic underscore podcast. Email hypocriticpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all the platforms. Give us reviews. We greatly appreciate it. It really helps us out. Guys, yep. another one in the books. Peace. Arrivederci. Arrivederci.